Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Absent Podcast. This is episode 48, recorded on April 30th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Travis Stockton, at Ray Charizard. With me, as always, on the other side of the internet is Ethan Newbolt. Hey, I got a computer. At Soulsborn, Mr. Computer himself, and across the slippery of the tubes, the, the drippier, the dripping down the backside tubes, is Andrew Crandall. What's up, bitch? At Andrew Loves Video Games. How is everyone doing this week? Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah, mm-hmm. doing okay. That's good. Andrew Pretty good to me, up. Andrew just called me a bitch, but you know. I, I, it, it was the royal it bitch. Was the it royal was the bitch. royal bitch, yeah. yeah. It, was, it wasn't directed at any one person. Together we are all bitch. Mm-hmm. We are the bitches. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it, it's been a an interesting week. I'm having one of those uh, video game come down weeks. Having finished Final Fantasy VII Remake, I thought I was going to dive right into a hard mode preview, and I decided to just let it gestate a little. Been watching some TV, caught up on some movies, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, on Absent-Minded Watches, which will go up this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Yeah, I've been going uh, watching some some stuff on Quibi that I'm excited to talk about on absent-minded watches. You're like one of five people that even know what Quibi is. I, I wanted to you send to you. For it? Is it a free thing or you had to pay for it or sign up or what? I have a 90 day trial. Nice. Um, but... I, wanted to, I wanted to put the Reno, uh, nine on one season trailer because it's, I saw it that out, today out the other day and it is mm-hmm. premiering on Quibi. So I thought that was fun. But it, yeah, it's not out yet, right? No, it's What's not out, yet. No, it's out on the 4th. Oh, okay. 4th of uh, May. I think they would have timed that with their launch a little better. I think so. I, 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 we've, I, like I said on watches before, you know, uh, I downloaded the Quibi app, and then one of the first things I went to was Reno 911, and it wasn't there yet. And I was like, you're already a strike down, Quibi. I'm not sure how I feel about this yet, but yeah. Yeah, 90 days free just feels like, man, you're, you, you're undervaluing yourself a little bit, you know? I don't know, no, but I got some opinions on it that you know that you'll hear next week on Tuesday at ten a.m. when Absent Minded Watches drops. You're right. You're uh, right. We'll save it. We'll save right. it. Well, guys, uh, I haven't really played too much. I played uh, literally for about forty minutes before we started recording the first chapter of Gears Tactics, which just came out. I'm surprised. Yeah. Whenever I saw that in the dock, I'm surprised that you actually tried it out because from uh, what we've talked about, you were pretty tired of the gears franchise, but maybe you're, you were uh, interested because of the tactics part of it. Exactly. Yeah, you like is, XCOM. Yes. I, I love the XCOM series. This mm-hmm. is definitely, I'm tired of the gears third person shooter. Yeah. This is like an over the top uh, or yeah. Right. It's almost like a Halo, yeah. Halo Wars esque kind of thing. Kind of, but it's more you're you're doing individual ground units. Halo oh, Wars is more an RTS. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, this is still a strategy game, but it's I, I I'm sure there's a genre name for it. But like when I say is XCOM, most people will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's turn based. Okay. Uh, basically, <laughs> sorry. Each side, your your team side, and then the enemy side. Go you go through each of your units. They each have. Uh, in the various games, some form of action points. You can perform so many actions per turn that might include moving your unit, attacking uh, a common feature is to uh, use overwatch, which basically means that like you're saying one, unit you get tracer here, but 
No, not Tracer. No <laughs> just Tracer. messing with me. But uh, yeah, Overwatch is where like you can post up an enemy. They kind of have like a line of sight triangle that they target, and then if the other enemy comes into that line of sight, they're immediately fired on. Um, so little bits of strategy like that. You're taking cover. I'm sure most people have probably seen that meme of the XCOP thing where they calculate like how much what your percentage chance of hitting someone is based on how close you are, yeah. the abilities you might have if they're in half cover, full cover, or just like out in the middle, like out in the open. Uh, so this is that kind of game, but just with Gears of War tattooed all over it. Right. Um, and like I said, I only played 40 minutes. It was enough to see like the intro cinematic and the in cinematic for the first chapter. At least get a little bit of gameplay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get the gist of it already. There's a couple of nice changes that I appreciate where uh, probably the biggest change is that when you play a game like XCOM, um, and I'm not a big, super familiar with all the various versions of this style of game. I've played XCOM Enemy Unknown, and I've played XCOM 2. And in those games, you have two actions per character unless you have some ability that gives you an extra one or lets you attack twice or anything like that. Right. But typically you can move around and then you can attack. Or if you attack first, then you lose your chance to move your unit around. Uh, in Gears Tactics, you actually have three actions. So you can do two attacks or We're move amping a it up times. a bit. Gears yeah, of War. Exactly. That's, That's too many actions. <laughs> it's like Born's Ball. They finally spiced it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you, you do have a bit more creativity with what you can do as far as your tactics are concerned. Like you can move to flank somebody, shoot, and then run back behind cover again. Uh, you've got things like, of course, the you still have the holes that pop up in like Gears of War where the, uh, what do they call the fucking enemies in this game? The Covenant. The, no, the, oh, what the are they? Oh, my God. They are. <laughs> the Hive, I don't know. Uh, oh, that's Resistance, I think. It's like grunts and stuff. I don't know. But grunts uh, is one of the names they call. It's like one of the soldier oh, types, but I, I can't think of the overall name of the enemies. But uh, the gears. Yeah, that's still a whole thing in here where like you'll move across the map and those holes will appear and you you have grenades that you can chuck into it to close those up. And right. Uh, it, the locust, by the way, the locust. Yes, there you go. OK, um, so uh, can I can I if I can interject here, is there any like where does the story take place in this? Does it give you any of that? I don't know enough about the canon to even say like, right. I, I, okay. I can't even tell like the like first 30 seconds of the opening cinematic covers E day again. I and says, Hey, this happened. And now we got gears and blah, blah, blah. We're fighting <laughs> aliens and exposition. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff for like the mega fans of gears that are just like, Oh, I recognize this name. Or maybe this is like someone's brother that they've hinted at in other games. I, I couldn't tell you exactly where in all the timeline it fits. I'm sure Carmine shows up in there somewhere. Yeah, I did see. <laughs> this is funny. This is how little I know about it. So I know in Gears 4, you're in some sort of city at the very beginning, and there's a lot of like blue boxes. Yeah. You know that color tone where it's like yeah. the, the silver white, white walls or whatever, and then a lot yeah. of blue boxes. No, I saw those blue boxes. The color, Ethan, the color blue is absent in no. like Gears 1 through 3. Oh, okay. And I thought you were going to explain it. It really the fucking is. Yeah, one blue through three was. is like no, not very... like, <laughs> like there's a color palette to these games, and blue does okay. not exist in uh, the first three years. Yeah, and then that was like their big thing. We're look, we're colorful now. When you turn on Gears Four, <laughs> Ethan, like, that's the even color blue is one of the three primary colors. 
<laughs> that's when they showed off when like Gears Five when they were doing like the announcement trailer for it. You know, one of the first missions you're going through like that lush kind of island environment. You yeah, know, in that cave. Like, oh, this is different. We've never had trees before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, this is but awesome. Sure. I just wish the gameplay wasn't stale. <laughs> yeah, but when I say there's blue crates, that's like where I think maybe it's after Gears One through Three, and sometime in the the new trilogy timeline. Because the color blue is there, so it's got to be pretty, pretty recent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like for my little bit of time, I'm just like, yeah, this feels like a solid strategy game. I'll probably play around with it a little bit. Um, I, I I just love these kind of games. It's just like, a, hey, you can play like a couple of mat levels. And uh, I didn't even get into the whole like character customization and like building up your soldiers and stuff aspect. Like that just started to unlock when I was like, okay, I got to get ready for the show. Yeah, like but, spec um, into individual characters. Yeah, like the that's a big XCOM thing too, where like uh, your recruits all kind of start off as like blank palettes, and then as you go through the mission, they all kind of like gain a little bit of experience, and then depending what they were good or bad at during the mission, you might have one that was like getting more crits than normal, and so they pop into a, a specific next class, or you might have one that was just your typical soldier, so they level up into like your your one who's good with assault rifles and stuff, and one who was really accurate so they become your sniper class like right um, right and then the other big thing too of course in XCOM games is that uh for the most part like if you lose soldiers on your team they're dead like they actually do die you can't yeah they fire emblem it so you're yeah you're constantly recruiting new soldiers and stuff like that that's always the aspect of XCOM games that I've really enjoyed where you know you've got people there's a lot of risk to it a lot of risk a lot of reward yeah and then there's always those moments where unless you're a safe scum fuck which I do sometimes just depends on how attached I am to my character. I am a total safe scum fuck. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of times where it's like, Oh, you've got, you've had uh, Jake with you for like the last eight missions in like one bad, like roll of the dice. He takes a critical hit that like takes him out and you have to Mm. deal with the fact like, Ooh, is it worth it to restart this entire level? Or do I just live with the fact that Jake's gone? He's he's on the wall now of heroes Mm. that we've lost. So if he dies, he dies. He dies. Yeah. We call <laughs> that the Iron Man playthrough. That's, that's my motto. That's that's yeah, the Iron Man playthrough. I like that. Exactly. I can't. That's actually what they call it is those are the ones where it's like you get no saves. Like you have one continuous save. You can't make saves to go back to. And they're like, yeah, if people die. They're just gone. You have wow. no chance of like getting them back. I, I don't have the heart for it usually. But, uh, yeah, Gears like cool. I, I, his uh, hardcore Pokemon run. I forgot what it was called. It was uh, so hard. Lot, lot, <laughs> it was so hard. It all seems like maybe fun in games until you get like an hour or two in. Right. And you're like, oh, God. This all isn't going as well as I thought it was. <laughs> I didn't realize how much over grinding you have to do. I thought I had prepared. I <laughs> didn't prepare of course man how many times have you faded pokemon and just the regular one but you don't think about it because there's a poke center like, not very exactly. often yeah. like i mean it's you, you know you get the type advantage and you're usually pretty good but once there's like man it's just once they die you're like that it's that critical hit moment when you're you think exactly. you're fine you never know you think the, you're okay it's the random rng and then you're just like oh okay that actually killed him for some reason and yeah. you just you can't you can't undo what you have no control over, man. It's you. It's it's rough out yeah. there. It's in the it's gods' hands. Yeah, Oka gods. Oka gods. <laughs> What's the legendary that's like a god? Is, uh, in Which the one? Game? Oh, there you go. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that can of worms. 
But uh, yeah, overall, Gears Tactics. If you like XCOM games, these are fun to play. This is this feels like it'll be good too. It's on Game Pass, of course. So if you have that, there's no like upfront cost. Um, yeah, overall, I, I think I will play more of it. it. It's just it's cool to see Gears expanding like this. I don't give it the one I really don't give a shit about is that Gears Pop game. I think that they still talk about like that. Was yeah, dumb. isn't that their mobile game? Has I it might- not come out yet? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I have not paid attention to that at all. But yeah, I remember when they announced it at the Game Awards and it was just like just a big giant eye roll. Yeah, exactly. Especially for people that like thought, that, oh, I think that was back when we thought we were getting like the big Gears 5 trailer and they gave us that weird music video thing instead. Right. And, yeah. Uh, they only talked about the multiplayer mode that no and one It was cared very about. like cutesy and friend friendly. Yeah. Everyone was just like, why the fuck did they waste our time with Gears Pop? I just want to know more about the Gears 5 story. Uh, but it, it's cool to see them expand like this. I think this is going to be a really successful one for them because Gears of War is already military based. Like a tactics shooter makes perfect sense for the franchise, right? It's it'll just be cool to be like, oh, there's something else in that market for people that were you it's able, hard to find a game uh, like XCOM that like does it right. Uh, were you that able to do like any cool brutal kills or anything? Because I know that's what Gears is kind of famous for. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole execution system where if you crit hit somebody and they are like that's low enough cool. health, they'll kind of like collapse over. And yeah, you could rush them with your chainsaw as a normal attack, or you have a specific execution move that you can do that doesn't cost an action point. I think if you're like close enough to them, right? So there is all that stuff. Yeah, it's still very bloody, very visceral. You're yeah, you're cutting yeah. these dudes in half with your chainsaw. And that's what's up. Uh, yeah, it's pretty visually impressive too. I, I will say also it runs really, really well on my computer. Of course, um, uh, humble brag. Well, I just mean like it ran well before I even moved, like start bumping the settings up and stuff. Flex. And this is just me too. I've read a lot of like the gears games have just run great on PC since four came out. Like it, it scales really well. Uh, I will say that it's very clear that this doesn't get the same level of triple a like Microsoft money polish as gears four and five did. Mm-hmm. I've just already seen a couple things in cutscenes where I'm like, uh, this would look like a step above if it was the mainline game, like kind of um, like it, like shaders not loading incorrectly or graphics not loading incorrectly. Yeah, just or- tiny. Yeah, exactly. Just tiny things like, like that little, that split second to pop in when like I've seen change happens or right. Or like sometimes in gameplay, I saw a couple like nasty looking ground textures where it was clearly it was supposed to be like it was grimy glass on the yeah. ground, but it just didn't look great. Like that's something where in like years five, it would clear that would have been like a full blown, like rendered each piece of glass uniquely kind of You're not going home like, Richards till the weekend until this gets done. You know? Yeah. So it's not quite the full blown, like, quadruple a tech showcase as gears five was but it still it still looks really good for what it is and especially for a tactics game too like when you're in the pulled back camera mode it looks gorgeous like it looks better than any tactics game i think i've ever seen it's just those like close-up moments where it does like the cinematic camera angle when you get a critical hit it zooms in on stuff that it doesn't look like perfect but that's also something they could easily fix in like future patches where they just start to optimize it a little more but yeah, overall, I recommend it. It was fun to just that little moment. And I'll definitely keep playing. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to definitely check that out. That does uh, sound a little interesting, even though yeah, I haven't never... like delved into a tactics game in a minute because the last kind of like game I did that with was <laughs> kind of going on the polar opposite of like what Gears is, is um, uh, Mario versus Rabbids. 
<laughs> oh yeah, so you I was gonna say do you have a familiarity with this kind of X yes, style game? Though, and yeah, yes. I forgot you played Mario Ra- Rabbids. This is a lot easier than that. Mario plus Rabbids was like deceptively difficult. It is. Like, I'm really? still stuck yeah. on one level. Oh, oh my Nintendo. god, thank you. I thought like you, you were gonna fucking laugh at me and just be like this. No, dude, like, like loser that game is fucking head. rough. There are moments <laughs> yeah. in that game where it's it, fucking, it requires it is hard. It is really difficult. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It, it's tough for sure. And it's funny because like this coming from someone I've played like a decent amount of XCOM and you get like halfway through the game and you're suddenly like fuck like decisions I made like a level or two ago are really starting to bite me in the ass. Exactly. The first boss fight in Mario versus Rabbids is like sweat dripping down your head every move you're trying to think like <laughs> That's the one where he's like kind of like springy and he boings around the map and he has a fireball, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I remember that because uh, that was that that was one of the games that made me uh, can uh, made you convince me to buy a Switch uh, because we were at uh, Thistle or no? I think we were tapped. This is before tapped. Thistle opened. Right. Yeah. Thank Baby you. Yeah, we were at the bar games. with the Switch and yeah, yeah. That was a uh, good times, man. Pre Corona. Yeah, right. Pre Corona. You believe we used to go places? I know, right? Uh, it's insane. But uh, what about you, Drew? I know you you played something surprising today. When you started talking about this in Slack, I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I finally, after I, I don't know how many years ago you recommended this, probably two or three or maybe four years ago now, uh, I started to play the Stanley Parable today. And, um, and really, what, me, what inspired me to play it was. Uh, uh, we were talking in Slack uh, before we started to record. You're like, oh, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Gears Tactics. Uh, so I have something to talk about on the podcast today. And then the other night I downloaded Stanley Parable and I was like, I'm going to play this eventually. And then like whenever you said that, I was like, I could probably play this for a little bit and just have an opinion on it. And holy shit, do I have a fucking opinion on it? It is fantastic. The narrator <laughs> is amazing. He's I know. He's so good. Hold on. I pulled up his name really quick. Uh, Kevin Brighting. Yep. is fucking fantastic in this. So for those who don't know, uh, the Stanley parable is, uh, who is it made by? Oh, I should know the name of the developer, but off the top of my head, I can't think of it. I, yeah. I don't know the, uh, uh, it's like a team of, of like five people. Yeah. I think it's gotten bigger now because this game started as like a mod that like, you could just download a mod for half life. Right. Yeah. That's what I totally uh, felt like whenever I was playing it. I was like, this feels like a Gary's mod S kind of thing. Not as like, you know, crazy as Gary's mod, but crazy in its own way. Yeah, I, I think the original, they call it a demo now, but it was like it had like six endings. But the basics of the office building was designed mm-hmm. and they had some of the narration done and yeah, the, the concept was was solid, and then so it was one of those things. It was like an so overnight sensation, and they were like, "Oh, okay, I guess we'll make this into a full game," and like really put a lot of effort into it. Right. So let's go into like the concept a little bit. So the concept is just like you're this guy Stanley working in an office building, pretty mundane. You do the same shit over and over, blah blah blah. But like uh, you have this narrator, uh, yeah, Kevin Brighting, who's narrating you the whole time. Literally uh, everything you're doing exactly is like your narrator. You're doing your and even things you're not doing, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so you first start walking through this office building and he's uh, narrating, going through over your life procedures uh, and everything. And uh, the first really kind of major decision that you get to quote unquote, I guess decision. Even uh, that's kind of a spoiler. Cause he, but go on. I mean, you, it, this game's been that long enough, and it's still exactly. fun to play. Okay, yeah, I'm. I'm not going to go too much further. <laughs> but just like, 
<laughs> but uh, the narrator uh, drives you to go into one door d- uh, beside the other. And then um, uh, I, I, whenever I first heard that, I was just like, nope, I'm going to go inside the other door. And then it just, the whole game just literally branches out like a root system of a tree into all these different yeah. decisions and everything that you can do. And it's just, and the humor of it is fantastic. It's existential. It's, uh, so the first thing just, you did was fuck this narrator. I'm going to go the other way. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. That's why I asked you like, what was your first ending? Because there was this joke for a while on, uh, on different gaming forums and stuff where mm-hmm. you could tell a lot about a person by like what ending they get the first time in the Stanley Parable. That's what, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Because that first ending leads me to this. Cause the narrator's so kind and like, <laughs> You don't want to make it bad. And he's just like, oh, yeah, it's Stanley walk through the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. But like uh, just from the beginning of this game, I got that kind of sense that it was y- you were meant to do that, you know, mm-hmm. kind of push the boundaries of what you were supposed to do. Yeah. And that's kind of um, I, I I think this has greater uh, artistic direction than something like Red Dead Redemption 2, you know? Well, it's definitely more unique from a narrative standpoint, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's hard to compare like a game like Stanley Parable to Red Dead, but I could see, yeah, playing something like the Stanley Parable for the first time, you're like, wow, this is incredibly different than anything else I've played. Whereas Red Dead Redemption, if you really get down to the nitty gritty, it's a third person shooter where you play a cowboy and like, yeah, there's a lot of third person shooters. <laughs> some some of them your guns fire one way or the other. Some of them you get around in a car, some on a horse. But like the Stanley Parable, the first time you play it. It's a game that breaks the fourth wall. Like, I I, I don't know. It's not, it's, it fucks with you as a gamer. It's what's the, what's the fancy deal? Maybe, yeah, that's just, I guess that's just my opinion on Red Dead Redemption 2 and and Stanley Parable. Stanley Parable had, had uh, more of a (laughs) uh, impact on me, I guess, than Red Dead 2. It's not that I hated it. I just found it underwhelming. That's Which fine. is totally fair. I mean, That's and fine, I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, Red Dead's like an amalgamation of like every Western movie trope and tells its own like story and narrative and everything. Yeah. But yeah, Stanley Parable, yeah, the first time you do play it, it is like one of those like mind fuck moments that's really enjoyable. I put it up there with something <laughs> like Portal, where the first time you like play through all the puzzles in Portal and you slowly piece together what's going on in that game, which I think is also so fun that like they're both built in like the Source Engine and. Also, I love projects like this where it is something where at its heart, it's fairly simple. It can it's fairly low budget. Like the the power of the game is not in the gameplay. You're just a dude walking around. It's it's in the this storytelling. Is, of course, just a walking simulator, which so many people act like is a horrible term. Like it must be a shitty game because it's a walking. You simulator. know what? Uh, I thought about that as well. You know, uh, whenever when <laughs> I was playing crazy. that, they don't was... like activity. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're like walking. Oh, what is this? I got to go outside. Well, they shouldn't have advanced VR then because that's all. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I was thinking about the whole walking simulator thing uh, whenever I was playing and I was just like, yeah, it was just kind of changing my opinion about it. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of why I still haven't played um, the fucking Xbox or not Xbox. Hell, send you a sacrifice. Yeah, thank you. That's not a walking simulator. It's a third person like adventure game thing. I heard it was a walking simulator. No, there's that's way more than walking people, in that one. Yeah, again, that's a that's a thing where somebody was like this. 
derogatory term, and that was like the most <laughs> right. derogatory way they could think to describe the game. Okay. Like, oh, every game has walking. Well, that's not true. Not every not every game has someone you play that has legs. So maybe you're only not a Sith deals an absolute. Thomas is alone. It's just a dot. He's not walking technically. He's just moving <laughs> across the screen. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Stanley Parable is really fun. I'm excited for you to play more and like share more of your mind fuck screenshots in Slack because it is. I think the first one has like 19 endings, and then the they're trying to they're porting it to consoles right now with the ultra deluxe edition i think and then they're also going to re-release it on pc with like even more endings and more narration and stuff and yeah i just love stuff like this where it's like it's the writing is really what sets it apart and you can tell how much love it goes into the storytelling and the the narration is of such a high quality and yeah it's it's definitely an experience for sure i'd recommend it to anybody it's just so fucking funny. Like it's, it's, it's one of the so fucking played. funny. I played it for maybe an hour and ten minutes, and I remember at least having at least seven or eight laugh out loud moments. Yeah. Outside of the South Park game, I can't really think, or the two South Park games, I can't think of too many games that are just like outright funny. Man, those are really well done. I love those games. Yeah, absolutely. I've never played either one of those. Do oh you man, like, put that do you on like your South list. Park. Yeah, I love South Park. Oh, you know man, I love yeah. South Park. Then, yeah, you're really, you should, you know it to yourself. They're really the fun. first one's like a turn-based <laughs> RPG, and the second one is like more of a, a, a strategy, like yeah. a Final Fantasy Tactics kind of game. Okay. But they're, they're both great, especially the first one you could probably get for like 10 bucks these days. Yeah, that was a stick of truth, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. Fractured But Whole was the second one, yeah. <laughs> Such a good name, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, what else you got for me, Drew? Did you play anything else this week? Yeah, I've been, you know, working my way through Final Fantasy VII. And, Finally, uh, where are you? Tell me everything. Uh, <laughs> I'm on chapter 14 or 15. <laughs> no, I think I'm about to go to 15 because I'm about Uh-oh, to get through. I gotta catch yeah. up now. Are you on? So chapter 14 is the one that has like an incredible amount of side quests. I gotta, I gotta yeah, that's up. that's where I'm at right now because I'm Cause about you, to enter the Shinra building. Yeah, because you can travel between sector five and six like freely yes exactly okay Uh cool yeah i love honestly that's the part too where i I saw a lot of people that's the moment where either you're it's starting the side quests start to drag you down and i can only imagine this is only i like the side quest person i love them i love them certain ones have bothered me there's only been a little bit of some that only one bothered me and it was very in the beginning and it was one of the very first side quests and was the cat thing that was the only one The cat thing bugged me. That's the only thing that bugged me. No, it's not that it's not about the cats. It was just about the annoyance of finding the fucking cats. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm right there. Like, I literally just got to the point where it was just like, hey, you know, we should go help some people before we go do this thing, blah, blah, blah. And that's where I'm at right now. Um, It very clearly is like, hey, dude, do the side quests or like you can't. Exactly. (laughs) Right, right. And so I'm at the point of the game where like, uh, so when I first played it, I was enjoying the fuck out of it. I loved it. I got, you know, about eight, eight chapters in. And then I kind of hit a, I, I hit a slug with it mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. The, the combat kind of amped up for me a little bit. I was having, I'm, I'm having a little more trouble with the combat than you guys are right. From what you guys are, from what I've, I've, I, I you guys have put in the slack. I've I hit my like walls. I've hit my walls. Yeah. A, I had a, a few couple times. of yeah. moments where it was like, oh, this is tough. I need to rethink my strategy uh but i always felt like i was on a constant upward trajectory of understanding the mechanics more and more 
and that's and where I'm every at. Every time I had to strategize, I was like, I, 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 well, obviously because I beat the game, but every time I had to strategize, I came up with a strategy that worked. Like, so I was learning enough to be able to work that combat puzzle in a way that like I could be like, okay, this seems like this will be better for me. And then sure enough, I'll, I'll beat that fight way easier than when no. I first went up and started whacking it with a hammer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that, that was kind of my issue. Cause I was just doing the whack out with a hammer routine and just being like, this game's fucking bullshit. It's not bullshit. I'm just an idiot. Um, and so like only just like, you know, like two days ago, I was just like, Oh yeah, blocks actually really useful, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it was, it was just me being a fight, you know, hitting, hitting a hammer with a, with, with a flip flop, you know? Well, yeah. and I almost, I almost wonder if that's something that detracts from the way the game balances some of its fights, because on one hand, they're clearly hinting at you like, Hey, do these things because you get material. Yeah, they, like yeah, they give you material block, for it. Yeah. Where they're right. like, Hey dude, put this on because it'll build your ATV faster. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you build the ATV faster with the ability? Well, you use the block as you get as you block hits, you take less damage and you build a TV. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, no, I don't like to block (laughs) on there until you get to a fight where you really are like, shit, I need to be building ATB faster and I'm taking too much damage. Oh, yeah. it's almost you like know, they give you the perfect tool to fix that problem. Right, yeah. Because yeah. I've been ignoring it. <laughs> they, give you, they give you like the deadly dodge material, but that doesn't improve your dodge. It just no, makes it you No, it doesn't, do yeah, because I figured that yeah. out with Aerith whenever I was trying mm-hmm. to use her because we were talking in Slack one night when we were playing Modern Warfare. We were talking about the deadly dodge material and you guys were just like, oh, yeah, I put it on Aerith and, yeah, it actually – whatever you dodge, it goes to multiple targets. And I was just like dodging and, and, and attacking, dodging and attacking. And then like when like a bigger enemy would like hit me, like do it, do a big attack and I would dodge. I'd be like, this is fucking bullshit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I but had it, Yeah. Too. It's just, it's just like my own fucking stubbornness in this, but like, I'm, yeah. just, I'm finally starting to like, you know, connect things, you know, you know, I'm only 30. So, <laughs> well, something I had picked up on too, was I was noticing that uh, one, your NPCs really don't use ATB very often. They don't. And they they build it really slowly. Yes. And for a lot of the time, I was like, I was doing my blocking and stuff, but I kind of put together like, oh, well, I see Tifa's blocking a ton instead of necessarily like super aggressively attacking. So Mm -hmm. I put steadfast block on her so that when I'm not controlling her and she's blocking all of these hits and stuff, she builds ATB more quickly than usual. Okay. And then I can quickly from the command menu without switching over to her, but okay, now I want her to pop unbridled strength and then let her block some more. And I'm like, okay, pop her unbridled strength again and then switch over to her and just start laying in on her combo and using up the ATB and all that. So there, there are a lot of ways where it's like, you can even make the NPCs like dumb AI kind of work for you. Yeah. Okay. You can adjust the way they attack by setting them to like offensive and defensive and balance. Yeah. And that's also too. something that I need to look into as well, because I just don't find them doing as much as I want them to. I do but find I think- that they do block for most of the time when they're yeah. not really. Yeah. Unless you're controlling them, but there is, yeah. there's even like materia that will like do stuff when you're, when you do stuff, they'll do stuff when you're not controlling them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the synergy one. Yes, I think so. But I, I, I wasn't sure how the synergy worked. I mean, I didn't know if you had to have both materia on one person or if like you just have to you have, have the to materia have, on once. You have to have like the elemental materia part of it, like the actual spell materia. But you, yeah. I think, have to have the synergy one on there. Yeah, basically, if you cast synergy and you have it tied to your ice skill, if 
your other party members don't have ice materia, then they can't cast. Yeah, them. exactly. And it also, if they don't have ATB bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you should hmm, build really? it. Really? Because I remember watching like a little demonstration video. Uh, oh, excuse me. Demonstration <laughs> video of like, you know, whenever you look at a materia and it says like, this is what it does. Uh, that uh, it would shows the synergy, and so is Barrett casting like maybe like an arrow, but Cloud casts like a lightning attack. Oh, hmm. I don't think I don't know. Like, I'd have to I'd have to look at that that little like I might uh, I might have I might be remembering it wrong, but, but I I'm see what you're meaning because it it does say it only applies to like the four basic ones, and then what poison? Yeah, or maybe. whatever. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I'm pretty sure it only casts like the one that you have linked up to. That's what I read it as. I couldn't get it to work until I was like, because I had like synergy lightning on. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I hadn't equipped lightning to anyone else because I was wondering why other people weren't casting. Right, right, right. Yeah, because I was was going through five. Yeah, that makes way more sense. People have like full ATV bars. Why aren't they casting magic when I am? That's how I read it as what you're saying, Travis. But I I could see how it might work that way, Drew. But um, I don't know. I just. Yeah, no, I, I would say just take it to me, just mistaking <laughs> yeah. what I saw. Yeah, that is one of those things. I uh, There are a lot of cool support material in there. Like, I, I yeah. still I can't get over the fact that Magnify worked the way that I thought it would work. Mm-hmm. With the double was, cure? Like, I, yeah, because I remember when we were first playing it, and I was in Slack, and I was just like, oh, cool, I got this Magnify material, and it makes Does it work with Eel? Yeah, and I was just like, Wait, Correct. can I use this with cure? Correct sure enough, I'm yeah, wrong. you can. <laughs> Does the all materia work with cure in the original? Yes. Yeah, it, it, works with, it works with every materia as long okay. as it's like castable. Yeah, I read that. Late. I didn't. It was one of those dummy moments where it's like it took me a while to figure out that all is magnify. Yeah, no, oh, I just really. I, no, I yeah. picked that up instantly. Yeah, but. uh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but chapter 14 is a fun part of the game for sure. Yeah, I mix uh now that I'm like finally, you know, multiple hours in or copious hours into it, uh uh picking up on the nuances of the game, so I'm looking uh forward to playing more. Mm. Uh Ethan, have you been playing anything else? No, this week was kind of weird for video games. I, I really didn't play too much of uh anything. Uh, honestly, I think I played Pokemon on my DS more than I played anything else this week. <laughs> yeah, I came over to help you uh, build your computer and then saw you had that DS out sitting around. Yeah, we spent most of the week doing that. And then, uh, yeah, that, that took a pretty big portion of my week. But um, I, a friend let me borrow like Final Fantasy uh, 4. Or wait, 6? Was it 4 or 6? That was four. I you said it was the remade four. one. On yeah, DS. it was the remade one because yeah, I had yeah. that on my DS as well. Yeah, I've, I've started that and then uh, I play Pokemon Platinum also, which is like the definitive version of uh, Diamond and Pearl. And it's, nice. it's a, it was a good generation. But, uh, Those were happy times. Those were it, good but times. I did look through the Pokedex. It only has like three fire Pokemon if you include like the starter, which is kind of lame. Really? Yeah. And in I the did whole pick, thing? I did well in that like, generation. In that generation's Pokedex, like you can obviously transfer ones from the other games, but Oh, okay. Like which I can't do because I don't have a friend with a you know the whole thing. So mm-hmm. but uh just yeah, game so shark, dude. Just hack your no, game. No, I'm not gonna get a game shark. Get out of here with that. But 
Well, yeah, actual replay. Just you know the, the regular battle royale here and there, but nothing nothing too big on my radar. I'll probably catch up on Final Fantasy Port uh, Seven and maybe just uh, tackle it out, beat it. You know, you never know with me. Yeah, is, is Final Fantasy Seven going to be your new Red Dead Redemption? No, I mean it's not a it's not a hundred hours plus of, a, of playing something that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ethan, I was thinking about this earlier because we were you kept giving me shit and I kept giving you shit in return after we had set up your computer because you got a code for like the three months of Games Pass or Game Pass on on Xbox or whatever. Yep, and I kept telling you, hey, go ahead and set it up, go ahead and set it up. There's games on there, and you're like. I don't know if there's anything on there I want to play right now. I want to save it until I know there's something I want to play. I forgot that. Uh, I think I had mentioned it to you, but I had forgotten when I was could use this as a point in my argument. Uh, Yakuza Zero is on there. You can yep. play that right now for free without having to uh, make me buy it for you for your birthday, which opens up other p- birthday potential presents. But I don't uh. want that for my birthday. I want Persona 5 Royal. But that's what he's saying is like you can get Games Pass right now and uh, suit yourself over with uh, Yakuza Kiwami uh, until but you already play Kiwami already. But I already he have games to play. Kiwami. But I already have stuff to play right now. Like I said, I got to I got to finish Red Dead Two. I got to finish Seven. <laughs> You're not going to finish Red Dead Two. Put uh, it I'm off. Gonna your play. I'm going to play Death Stranding. But I was going to say after FF7 remake, yeah, the, the yeah. Zero is on. It was just funny because I remembered it's on there and I know we were talking about that. That is cool, yeah. That one. Because oh. the thing with the Game Pass, you know, the games aren't there forever. Sometimes they, t- they take them off. That's true. Ex- that's do. exactly what I was just about to bring right. up is yeah. uh, the other night I took a break from FF7. I was like, I'm going to turn on the Xbox. I haven't been in there. I haven't tried uh, to play in a while. And I look into my games library and I saw, oh shit, Deus Ex. You know, I haven't, you know, I tried to play this a while ago and I uh, wasn't into it at the time. So I'll give it a try now and uh, couldn't get into it. So, uh, because once it leaves Games Pass, you can't play it anymore. Oh, was, was it uh, Mankind Divided? Yep. Or, yeah. That's a good game, dude. I and know. It, that's that's what made fun. me want to play it just because I saw it. I was like, oh, Travis really recommends this. I'm happy I never deleted this off my Xbox. Well, turns out it's useless. Yeah, and I mean, they might switch it back on, but the, yeah, they rotate games and stuff. But because yeah, I that thought was, it was yeah. where I thought it was going to be like is leaving now. so that they can put Red Dead Redemption 2 on. Uh, but that's also one too where it goes on sale so often. You could easily get that oh, one yeah on. it was only like yeah, 30 something. bucks on like uh the xbox store but still it was just like the moment it was just like man fuck this you know I man, like, man fuck this fuck this uh, fuck game pass. that's also one that like it, deus ex is one of those games that's really hard for me to play on console it like just the the control your inventory and all the different just things that you do in the game it just feels better to play that on a mouse and keyboard to me okay it, if I see it on sale, maybe I'll just like gift it to you. I almost bought you a game the other night. Um, what was it? I saw something on sale. Oh, it was Alien Isolation. It was oh, on that's on, on Game Pass like right now. I'm pretty sure. Bucks. Yeah. And I think like the two story expansions, you can get both of them for $3. That's a good game. I was like, I'm going to buy that shit for Drew. And he's going to turn on Steam one day and be like, oh, there's a game for me. God, you know what? That's actually a really good idea because I, I yeah, I was looking on Games Pass the other day and like I saw stuff on Reddit recently of people being like uh, just posting about it and I'm like I really should give this a try cuz yeah, I was you know how much I love Alien. 
I was benchmarking. Exactly. Yeah, that was my main thing. I was like, oh, dude, he loves Alien. Uh, but I was benchmarking the PC version because I went ahead and picked it up because I have it on PS4, but like for five bucks for the PC version, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to get on here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for all the shit that you can do to it, I'm sure you, that thing's probably roaming at uh, 144 yeah, goldness. Like I already, of course, went to the PC gaming wiki and found a couple <laughs> of like, hey, you got to do this. And uh, apparently it's like a super well optimized game on PC right. to the point where uh, I have it running in 4K, like over 60 FPS. So like I like on my monitor, it's just like super sampled anti-aliasing. Did or you, I can play it on did the you try? Yeah, I was gonna say, did you try and uh, flip it on the TV? Because that's what I would probably do. Was oh, it, it works. Per- it, yeah, it works perfect on the TV, and there's like no hitching at all. At like ma- like higher than normal max settings. Oh, dude, like, that's what's up. Like high and yeah. I edits where you can like make the reflections. Where, where, like on the stuff. TV, you were still played in 4K though. Yeah. Like locked 4K. It wasn't like dynamic or anything fancy like uh, that. Like, it, yeah. It's one of those games. It's pre ps4 pro and xbox one x and stuff so it never got patched for those so it's still running at like 900p or 1080p whatever it is depending on the console right. whereas yeah like our pcs our graphics card could totally run at 4k that's it, fucking it what's up. super clean nice yeah i'll have to download that tonight actually that might be a late night game for me tonight just to see go, what man. happens I've yeah you were talking about people play that game. stream yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. streaming game for sure mm-hmm. well boys anything else did you want to talk about before we get into this week's news of which there is quite a lot compared to last? Uh, just, just a little bit. One thing I want to bring up is like, I, I know you guys aren't leaving your house as much as I am right now, but like whenever you do, how do you feel about people observing social distancing? Wrap it up, man. <laughs> what do you that's mean? All I, that's all I got to say. No, wrap I just up. mean like, do you feel like they're taking yeah, wrap it seriously it up. or yeah. not? You know, I think it, I think it's very serious. I think it. I think nothing else is going. Well, to I really... know. I know you're taking it seriously. What I'm thinking is, is like, it, like whenever you look at people out on the streets, like, do you feel like they're taking it serious or not? You know, do you feel like so uh, when I'm going to Ethan's house the last couple of days to help yeah. put together the computer was the first time in a while that I had been more than like three blocks from my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've been getting my groceries delivered. I do go to the liquor store in front of my neighborhood, but again, it's like a bo- less than a block there. from me. Yeah. And and I go through the drive through. Yeah, I was about uh, to say it doesn't have a drive through. Yeah. because uh, it's a very small shop. Like you uh-huh. could put social distance in there if you wanted to. Uh so I that's I go there for if I need to do like a beer run or whatever and it's all drive through. Uh and yeah, we get most of our groceries delivered. So I haven't had and I, I go to Jack in the Box like once in a blue moon. <laughs> and so that's like the which, again, is also at like the end of my street. So I have not had to go that far. So I've seen like, you know, people riding their bikes and stuff when they're outside. And I can assume that most of them are like, that's a family. They live together and uh, people going on walks a lot more often than I think I saw before. Just I think people are just any excuse Bored. to like get out of the house for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I do see a lot of kids that are. I know aren't like all in the same family that are playing together and stuff, which again, I mean, they're going to anyway. I, I don't think that's as much kids of a kids. issue. Yeah. As long as again, parents are hopefully they come in, they're showering every day. They're washing their hands a lot. <laughs> that's about the best you can hope for. Uh, Jimmy, you just yeah, got done home playing much. with the friends coffin to your sister's shirt. Yeah. It's, we're not full blown blast of the past with Brendan Fraser mode yet, where it's like, right. I, I expect everyone to be living in their underground bunkers by now, but 
uh, going to Ethan's house, and that was like a much further drive than I've been doing. I did see more people than I I expected to walking around and driving with masks on. Like I, a lot more than I expected for sure. Because I I kind of we're in Texas, of course, and in Houston, and we're a fairly purple city. It, just depending on which neighborhood <laughs> you're in and which part of town you're in, you could have a lot more Republicans or a lot more Democrats. It varies a lot by age as well. Uh, but yeah, I saw like families like with grocery bags. Clearly, they just like walked to the convenience store. And like dad and the two little boys and sister all had masks on and people that are just, you know, walking presumably home from work to apartment complexes and stuff with masks on. Like not everyone had them, but more than I thought. And yeah, as far as the social distancing part, I don't know because I've been social distancing. So I don't know if other people are <laughs> observing it really. I would hope so. I, I, I kind of laugh when I saw a lot of the people that were talking about like the mandatory mask order and stuff and how that's an unconstitutional and not freedoms and blah, 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 blah. No, I, I, um, I was, do you also drive and drink and drive all the time? Do you also, you know, say fuck it whenever you drive around without your seatbelt on? Because those are laws that we have in place too. that are there to protect you. Yeah. And I, I don't think anyone cried, you know, my freedom when, don't drink and drive got passed. Like no one just fucking says, Oh no, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. I'm American. It's my freedom. Right. So like being told to wear a mask, like just do it. But, uh, yeah, as far as the whole social distancing thing, like I just laugh when people are like, okay, well, if you don't feel safe, then just stay home until you do kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, do you know what? That's perfectly apt because that's what I'm doing. I'm waiting out the next two to four weeks to see if we get another big boost and people getting sick and a reporting. Yeah. Because, yeah, you we had the protests uh, down at City Hall recently with way too many people way too fucking close to each other. Another uh, a great YouTube video to go check out to you about the coronavirus is uh, all gas, no brakes is coronavirus episodes. Pretty fucking good. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I've seen a couple of his videos that you sent me, but yeah, I might have to check that out. But um, OK, so kind of like uh, counter to what you're saying, because you're staying home all the time as to where I'm, you know, constantly working i'm out in the field you know i'm out uh in the store and everything um people in grocery stores aren't really respecting the six feet rule yeah for sure <laughs> i can only imagine yeah and it's, that's a lot of why i was like i don't even fucking want to buy i don't even want to go with a mask because i'm just like i don't trust other people right now for sure and even then it's kind of like to have that a rule in effect in a grocery store is kind of counterintuitive because of how close you're in or working with people in the back rooms, uh, constantly, you know, moving pallets and stuff like that throughout the floor, moving product and everything through tight spaces at sometimes. I, I mean, do you have to look any further than literally as you walk in? Right. Grocery yeah. Carts. Like, are you literally sanitizing every single grocery cart that goes in and out of that store? They it's are like, right now. They, they have two people working there. Like, I have to hope so. But then yeah. there's also you're not sanitizing every box of cereal that somebody picked up. That's what I'm thinking as well. So yeah, exactly. Picking uh, up all the different packages of meat, looking for the one that's the closest to one pound. So you're not paying a cent over what you wanted to spend. Like, that's the thing I can't come to terms with, like going to a store right now and picking up anything because i'm just like i don't know who fucking touched this and i, I get I mean, it, but those those people that are buying like, your groceries for you are doing the same thing for sure but it's still one less point of contact where it's like 
I I didn't put myself in the position where I'm I would be the one that like going through and looking at the stakes and decide which one I want. Like I'd be touching all that extra shit. At least it can get here. It can get home. I can put everything in the fridge. I can wash my hands. I like before you eat them. It's still it's I'm so much closer to a place where I can wash my hands. And also, you don't have to disinfect. I'm not like once I'm they're in your fridge and stuff. I know, I know. But for anyone listening, and just to again to talk it out to myself. To try I to mean, watch. I saw a video. I saw a video where a dude ordered like a bunch of takeout uh, Panda Express, and he wiped down the little boxes with like something. It peeled the paint off the boxes, and then he ate out of them. I was like, dude, that's probably not. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's a little not great. That's a little over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, but well, no, I'm, most, I'm, most fast food workers right now are working with uh, uh, gloves on. Yeah, yeah. A but lot of places are doing only takeout and and gloves are not a good idea either unless you're changing them often. That's because true. Because you're not someone who's got gloves on and you're handling money. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I take money from one person, put it in the cash register, give them change that came from someone else. Then the very next person, I'm touching their money. Then you hand something back. You're you transferring. You, yeah, yeah. You've protected your ha- your own hands, but you're exposing money. someone else. You just that's why. Yeah. That's why Chick Fil A. <laughs> that's why Chick Fil A got a money person and a handout person. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But like they with the grocery it. thing, I'm like, what? Like it, the virus will die in a few hours. But like you said with takeout, though, Ethan, like I have to hope that the person who's preparing the food is as clean as they. I hope they always are, which is that they're washing their hands. Yeah, not touching their faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. That normal food preparation safety thing should be enough for coronavirus, as far as that part's concerned. Just the person literally physically creating the order, wrapping it in paper, putting it in a bag, and handing it off. I have been doing the thing though, where it's like all the food I get, I wash my hands first, then I open up all the food, I wash my hands again, I touch the food directly, put it some, put it on something else I know is clean. Yeah, it's from my I mean, house, as throw far as I know, away, wash my hands, and then I eat. Yeah, as far as I know, like the normal practices of working around food, you're supposed to wash your hands enough to where, yeah, it should be just okay in general. Yeah. But I would hope that places are taking extra steps just because of the predicament that we're in. Absolutely. And that should, you know, push it that level forward. But again, you can only hope and wish and give faith because you never really fucking know because some of these people – are and this isn't like a shot this is just some facts some of those people are living below their means they probably might be sick and they're still going to work because that's what they fucking have to do to make a living for themselves and they think that's right because it's their life and you know i don't want to get into the morality of all that crap whatever but it's still you could have that and you would just never know yeah that's partly why i've limited my like to go food consumption. Yeah. 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 No, I'm not saying anything to like to you or anything. I'm just saying that is always going to be a possibility. You got to be careful. I don't want my baby boy getting sick. I got a me. I got immune system going over here. Indestructible. That's what that big ass bottle of vodka hand sanitizer is on your cat on your. It really does look like a bottle of off. I just splashed all this speared off all over my food. Yeah. It really, it really does look like that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Drew, that's why I, I definitely I don't worry. Like I sit up crying and can't sleep at night thinking about you. But I do worry about you. That yeah, like the same way I worry about my mom, knowing that she goes to work every day. And mm-hmm. At least she's in a room with the but same. I think your mom's in a day. different situation than I am. You know, because like you're saying, she's in a room with different babies all day. She's in a more controlled environment. Exactly. That's why yeah. I think of you, and I'm like, who knows who the fuck's coming in here touching my boy's stuff, like. 
just you're dealing with so many such a more influx of people coming in and out. And that's every also kind of like one of the things that like maybe it infuriates me. I'm not sure if I brought this up on the show or not. I think maybe I have, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Especially now in these times, more than anything, if you get something from the shelf and you don't want it, put it the fuck back where it belongs. <laughs> Because like, holy shit, does the fucking pork chops need to go next to the ice cream? Do the eggs need to go near the Cheez-Its? Do the fucking, you yeah, know, M&Ms need to the go? the exact moment, those two items I saw together, it's like, nope, I don't really need the pork chops. Right, yeah, exactly. I'm just going to leave this here. They'll fucking pick it up. No, it's fucking Yeah, you're at the product. checkout. No, I don't it's, need no these matter. pork chops. You put them with right? the M&Ms Yeah, exactly. And, and even then, like, even then, like, they come and get the back stock and they put it back, you know, mm-hmm. where the back or, or the mm-hmm. stray is and everything. And it's just like they put like these, you know, again, raw meat products in like oh. these baskets. And it's just like, why is this here? This is just going to get thrown away. If anything, there should be a mini fridge or something back here to at least keep these items cool so we can go back there and put them on the shelves. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just fucking waste. I think I was talking to Ethan when he was over here the other day helping me set up a new TV where I was like, you know how like in Israel, there's like a mandatory uh, <laughs> thing where you have to go and serve like two years in the military yeah. after you turn 18. Uh-huh. I was like, I That's think in a lot of countries because of our culture, you should have like a mandatory two years where you have to go work in like a restaurant or a kitchen or something. I've definitely served so my time. You understand how to wash your hands, how to clean shit, food, basic food safety, <sighs> and just like service industry stuff and dealing yeah. with people. Because mm-hmm. I can tell you just from personal experience, I'm a way better person when it comes to all that ever since working at Alamo. Like I was oh, like, yeah. like in there for <laughs> one day and you're just like everyone I see outside working now is a saint. Like in a, uh, I remember going out uh, to lunch with uh, even my mom and his other friends and stuff mm. where it's like my whole idea of like tipping has changed and stuff. Yeah. I was that like snarky guy in college. He's like. It's his job. I'm not tipping more than like for a dollar. Sure. Yeah. And stuff. And then you come into terms with the fact that like, God, no one eats more shit than service industry people. And the second you get someone who even acts like they're going above and beyond, like they put on that smile or they, you know, they apologize for anything going wrong. It's <clears throat> like dude, instant 25% tip. Instant, mm. like, I will give you, I will let you have so much more slack right now. Than like I used to, where yeah, I was like that hair trigger. Where like, dude, I ordered this Coca Cola thirty seconds after sitting down. Why is it's it not here a minute right. later? <laughs> like, yeah, I think. It, and same thing, grocery stores and stuff. Yeah, you should have to work in a store just for like a month and being like, this is what stocking feels like. It's a pain in the ass. Put your shit in the right spot. Like, quit. Don't have that extra thing I have to do. Where yeah, I've got to take the pork chops. Back it's to the meat even, department. Not even wipe like the down extra- that ice cream thing for a second because I don't want random pork juices on my dairy product. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even like the, the extra shit that I have to do. I get if you don't want something and you leave it there, or or, or you know, at the register, you're like, hey, I don't want this, and like we got to go put it back. That's fine. It's one thing when you have two pounds of ground beef, you know. Yeah, I, I, part of me wants to be like, that person gets a half point for at least putting the ground beef or the pork into a refrigerated section. Instead of be like, ah, this will sit next to the Doritos. They, they don't. They <laughs> don't. They leave them next to the Doritos. They do that. Like, old product, like, I'm just going to leave it next to the Doritos. I know. Man, um, I'm not going to lie. I've done that. 
I've, I've the been coal there. product? You, you're sack of oh, shit, Ethan. No, I mean, no, oh, I've, never, okay. I've never put anything that would, like, spoil. That's what I'm saying. Like, this, yeah. at least no, you get no, half, no, no, no. kind of I, a half karma point to be like, oh, I don't want the frozen pizza. No, I, no, I'm, nothing like, like I'm that. I'm in the ice cream aisle. This is still technically a freezer. No, but I've put, like, put here. I put, like, you know, like a box of Cheez-Its where, you know, like buy some soup or something. I don't know. Like, you know. That's fine. About, that's totally fine. about you're walking through the electronics like department. No, 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 no. But someone calls no. you and says, oh, we already have milk. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave the. No, no, nothing like that. No, that's pretty. That's pretty awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, th- like this, uh, this half gallon of, uh, you know, uh, dairy n- needs to be next to uh, Persona 5 Royale, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think uh, because we're such a service-oriented country that you should definitely be required to have a two-year, two-year boot camp thing where you have to work at like a restaurant, a grocery store, anything consumer-facing, and just eat shit for a little while. And then I think it would revolutionize our country over the next fifteen years. Yeah, I'm going to run on that platform. I think. I think Daniel Tosh <laughs> has a joke about that. He's been yeah, he's been doing he's everything for us to have. Yeah. A, a joke yeah, about everything, right? Yeah, I joke yeah. about it. <laughs> God damn it, what didn't Diddy do? Yeah. Diddy did it. Uh, all right. I think now it's time to get into some news. Uh, go ahead and start. I have to go grab something. Excuse all me, right. but I'll be right back. It is go really quick. Go grab it. All right, our first piece of news. Bit of a downer. Yeah. With an upside. But The Last of Us Part Two saw massive story leaks this week with what appears to be a vast majority of the title's cutscenes uploaded to YouTube, as well as footage of various developer menus from within the game. Uh, the original clips have been taken down, but in true internet fashion, mirrors have popped up all over the internet with users downloading clips and sharing them online, whether you want to see them or not. Uh, Naughty Dog has since released a response on Twitter expressing their disappointment, asking players to avoid these spoilers as best they can and assuring them that the game would be in their hands soon. That same day, Sony officially confirmed The Last of Us Part Two would release on June 19th. This new release date after its previous indefinite delay due to production issues related to COVID-19 also means a new release date for Ghost of Tsushima, which will now arrive on July 17th. So this was pretty fucking shitty to read. Yeah, this fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, especially for just like such a hype game as Last of Us is, you know, it was one of the definitive titles on the PlayStation 3 and kind of on the PlayStation 4, you know, Um, and just to see this happen before it comes out is uh, really upsetting. Yeah. And I mean, there were rumors at first that it was like a disgruntled employee. I think that's been debunked already. Yeah. So I think somebody reported that that was just like there's no proof to that and that it's just a rumor. And yeah, and yeah. there was something like, Oh, they were, it's cause it was some underpaid QA guy. And Jason Trier was like, no, I've got documents that show mm-hmm. that like naughty dog went out of their way to overpay at home QA workers because of everything that was going on, which that, that line never made sense to me anyway, because naughty dog is a first person play first party PlayStation studio. And we just had the news last week about Sony putting together like this huge fund for any developers and mm-hmm. paying like all, all the these stipends and stuff to their, and yeah, yeah, yeah. at home workers and be like, everyone's getting like $1,500 just to buy like a, a yeah, so wouldn't really make sense for an employee to just out of the blue, just be like, fuck Sony. You yeah. Know? I mean like their golden egg studio producing dog, their golden yeah. egg game. There, that, there might be those people. There might be those people that are that disgruntled, but this is like a, this is like a, you have been, 
upset for so long and this was finally something broke you for them to be in that position it doesn't seem likely with all the attempts and all the stuff that sony is trying to do and like yeah yeah and that's why i mean it sounds like it's so unlikely just because yeah like so many times especially in all the interviews you see like anonymous sources and stuff that are always like crunch culture sucks you know and this is what we go through at this studio and this sucks and that sucks and blah 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 blah. the last thing that you're gonna do is someone who puts up with all that shit eats it every day just to go in and what do you keep going back for it's to continue working on the art that you believe in and to complete this product because otherwise what's it what was all of the crap you ate for like that there's a goal and that's what you're trying to hit i can't imagine a world where these types of people that are again these so artistic and they're putting all this time and effort into it would be like their passion project Fuck it, let me leak all of this stuff oh because that's the stuff you worked on you've been aiming for this particular goal not to mention you're not hurting the executive that owns the company he's gonna make his paycheck no matter what he's not being paid based on you're hurting of the game the test you're hurting all of the hundreds of people that worked so hard on this product. And that's what you see, like all these people from Naughty Dog that work in the studio tweeting about this and just being like, dude, I am heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. Yeah. And that's what that's the part where I'm like, there's no way this was like some disgruntled employee. If I had to guess, it's just because work from home is just not as secure. Like game development is always under this like shadow. Like everything is just absolutely top secret until it's like ready to be revealed. No one wants to show their cards. And when you have stuff at home, you know, you've got a kid that, or some dude came over or like someone. Not everybody has last like pass. You're yeah. on, you're on like a shady Zoom call or something. And someone wants to log in and gets access to your computer somehow. Yeah. Or like, yeah, no, there's a break in and they run off with your laptop, turn it on and it's your home laptop. So you don't have it passworded or something. There's a million ways that like something like this could get into the wrong hands. And someone who's not like a disgruntled employee could leak. I'm gonna kill my cat. And I, I think that's part of it. And I think that's <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> but I, I think that's something too that like this is the moment where okay, Sony's like, okay, people are working at home from stuff. Now we really need to figure out the security aspect of it and how do we buff up our internal security to work the same way it does through this work at home stuff. Because we've talked for weeks now, like how much is this going to change the industry as a whole? How many companies are going to decide, you know, it's cheaper and more efficient for us to have people work from home instead of leasing huge office buildings and stuff. But that won't happen if you have so much more risk with something like this, where like mm-hmm. a huge multi-million dollar triple a first party title sees a leak of this magnitude, you know, a month or two before it's released. Like this is, fairly unprecedented the scale of like like it's the whole story that's out there like yep. all of it, the whole yep. fucking thing like start to finish minus like clips of someone playing gameplay because yep. it's mostly cutscenes and stuff and like I, I can't think of a time where this has ever happened from a such a big studio and something so first party outside of like stuff like honestly the last time was probably half-life 2 when like one of the early builds of that leaked like a year beforehand after like a big delay from them. Oh. And that was, that was a huge deal. But then it was so long in advance that like so much of the story changed since then. Anyway, like this is basically the final product that leaked out online. No shit. Yeah. For this. So yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, the story is, is set basically now. I mean, it, 
yeah probably has been for a while so yeah this is probably or this is just that yeah, I've, I've avoided everything so i don't know anything about what's in there so i have just i don't either i've been lucky we haven't been spoiled but i have this not isn't something no, like, i don't yeah, want to be they can shoot three different versions of the ending and in case one of them weeks or something like that like yeah. this is a game like the story's done like it's going to this is what it's going to be yeah but uh at least it's coming out fairly soon uh june still seems like a long way away but yeah terrible news everyone be careful going online and stuff i yeah. i've been spending a lot Don't less time on reddit yourself. i will say that i haven't been posting comments because there's always someone like that where they just They'll see who's commenting in certain threads and just like PM you all the shit you don't want to see. Jesus. So I, I haven't. Yeah, it's it's Monsters. it's landmines out there, man. But uh, our hearts, of course, go out to Naughty Dog. Terrible. Very sad to see this happen, but mm-hmm. in uh, solidarity, I pre-ordered the game last night because the pre-orders <laughs> are live again. So I went ahead and pre-ordered it on a uh, PS4. Ooh, nice. I'll have to do that. Yeah, I'll probably but, do it uh, closer to the release date. I got to PS4. Probably get there. But yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we can all. So, stay. so I've been, I, I've been, I, I, the biggest thing that affected me with this is how much people are discussing like this affecting its game sales. Uh, and I mean, I, like I said, most like you and I, even if we got spoiled, I think we'd probably still get the game. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like hundred percent for me, I would at least. So uh, for us, it's not a big worry. But I, you have to imagine there are, you know. What, what do you think? Do you think it's going to affect them at all in the long run? Or you think it's such a short-sighted thing that it's really nothing to even worry about? When we say stuff like, will it affect them at all? Yes, I know there's at least one person who canceled their preview. Well, you know sure, I mean? of course. Like, I meant on a larger scale than one person. Yeah. No, because that's vocal minority on top of vocal minority that you're talking about here. You're mm-hmm. talking about people that, one, are even discussing this kind of stuff online, which is a fragment of video game sales, which mm-hmm. is always something to keep in mind when when talking about anything with a, with regards to movies and videos and TV shows and games, is that like any online discourse is such a fragment of like the big picture of what people really think, what people are really talking about, because just not everyone goes online and talks about that shit. Well, sure. I mean, there's no such thing as bad press. They say. I mean, there. Heck, there are <laughs> exactly. those people. There are those people that would that might read it not knowing anything about it, and they're like, "Hey, I want to play this." Yeah, and so and now they're like, going to buy it. So I guess I didn't it could know be... Last of Us was getting a sequel. That's exciting. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go pre-order it now. And, yeah. Oh, it's so coming guess, out just a month and a half. That's so soon. I guess you could say both for positive and the negatives on that. So I uh, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it is interesting to think about how a leak can affect sales, especially when it's such a massive one. Yeah, I would say it'd be different if it was something that was playable, right? Like mm-hmm. if it was like. If it was like a PC game that leaked a month and a half ahead of time and it wasn't just videos, but it was like, dude, you can install and play this game right now. That was what was so devastating for Half-Life 2 back in that example back in like, what, 2003, I think, was when that leak happened. Take, 2002. Take your work on that. Uh, that <laughs> was a big deal because, again, talking super vocal minority of like people that are <laughs> playing games, talking about games, know that the game leaked. Like that's how many levels down we're going and the yeah. how many people did this. But that was devastating for them because this was like a leaked playable build. Like you could boot this game, play through the major story beats, like start to finish. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is. Like <laughs> at the end no, of the day, it's, most it's... people buy games to play them. Yes, true. Yeah, very if much. You so. were just gonna watch like a bunch of YouTube clips. You're the let's play watcher. You were the guy mm-hmm. who was already waiting until the dude you follow on Twitch picked up the game, and you were gonna watch them play it. Yeah. So I, I don't see it being a significant impact on sales at all, really. 
uh, like I said, will someone not buy it because of something they'd heard that they think the story sounds boring? Probably. Will that person go back on their word a month from now when all the nine out of 10 reviews start coming out and shit? Or also when it goes probably. on sale, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, yeah, exactly. I, I don't really see it as being this huge thing. I think it is just more of a, a bummer. Like it, it's a yeah. downer for the people that worked on it. Why I think it's more something like a, like a, a big accountant at naughty dog is worried about than like the, the layman or something. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't buy it that it's going to affect sales significantly in any, yeah. in any way. Yeah. Not at <clears throat> no, so, this game has been highly anticipated for what? Probably fucking six years now. No, technically uh, only. Which what, last was part two I, or. It only got next, announced next uh, like four years ago. Yeah. But you know, when did the last of us come out? What? 2013, 2014. Yeah. With but this that was ending t- like people have been wanting this for a while. And yes, I know that it's only been officially announced, what, four years ago. The Last of Us is one of those games that, like, when it ended, you could kind of just be like, oh, they'll never make another one of these. Oh, this no. For me, I was, t- I, w- oh, I was totally I like, yeah. they, yes, exactly. Thank you, Ethan. They're trying Whenever to tell that a game story. ended, I was like, yeah, they're coming back to this. There's no way they're not. I mean, the I, developers would argue with you. They, it if, wasn't until Neil Druckmann if, was like, it came to him one day where he wanted to take the character. If there they were had no plans done it, to make a part two. If they had done it to where it had, it had been just a one shot, you know, kind of thing. It would have been, you know, I, I would have eventually settled with it, but I would have been more angry at the ending than I was with how I was when I played it. I swear, dude, I thought it was going to be a one-off thing. I thought it was like a sign of this is where Naughty Dog is now because, like, we're tying up Uncharted with Uncharted 3. They put out The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. We're at the end of the next this generation. PS4, they're going to do something totally different. Like, I could see their creative team being something where it's like, we don't need to rely on franchises. It's Naughty Dog's name is on it, so it'll sell. And, like, here's a new story. Here's a new story. Here's a new story. I never, honestly, until the day that it was actually announced, I never had any inkling that like we would get a last of us part. I mean, I really can't speak because I played it with like the, you know, the definitive final version of the first one with all the DLC and it was already announced that there was a part two. So I can't really speak. No, from the moment that I finished it on the PS three, I was like, can't wait for the second one. (laughs) I knew the second one was coming (laughs) to me. It just, I think it's because the last of us is like, it's not technically zombies, but it's it's in that vibe where it's like zombie movies in all the time where it's like, oh, here's the the world's still fucked. This mm. is where our character are, are at yeah. the end, and then you never get a sequel. Like I was just like, that's like like the world is never gonna be better. Like it's just that's just not how it works in these types of in stories. So it, it hit me where I was like, Man, that was a cool story. Awesome. Like I didn't necessarily care what happens to Ellie and Joel in the future. It's just it's gonna be that lingering thing where you're just like Oh yeah, she's sick and and he saved her, but she doesn't know. There's that lie there, and it's just. Whatever. Maybe that's just me because I had just such a strong connection with him by the end of that game that I just maybe I I I. I well, there's a difference between wanting more and thinking we'll get it. Okay, I would say that because I mean I would I wanted more. I can't can't they be the same thing? thing? Oh, they can. Yeah, but I'm saying like I just assumed that we wouldn't get anything else, even no, though it's like, Ooh, I could, I would play that, that as a game. I would play more story, but I, I just didn't think we'd get it on the same thing kind of side, because just like, even the way, just the way that way, the way that game ended, I was just like, they, they can't leave the story like this. 
They just can't. They have to fucking round. Maybe this it's because I've been burned too many times. Too many That's shows true. that had cliffhanger endings, and I never got that next season. And I totally understand that because, like, I again, I'm not that hardcore of a TV guy as you are. So I expect nothing, so I'm never disappointed. I assumed a dungeon <laughs> siege tale didn't get a sequel. It got two, and two sequels. So, it you got, you just never can tell. Bowl will make a sequel to anything. Yeah. One rain four win. He'll make a movie about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think it's time we get into our big reveal from this week. I just wanted. I kind of was padding it. I wanted to wait till Drew got back. I, I mean, whatever, man. It's no. It's, this is Hollywood this was, this this was hyped. I was hyped up about. This. I'm excited that you're hyped about it, considering you, we had this grunting gag where you hated that I kept talking about Assassin's Creed every week. Because, baby, we got a new Assassin's Creed game to talk about It today. looks so good. Ubisoft officially revealed Assassin's Creed Valhalla today, releasing holiday 2020 on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC. Mm-hmm. We got a huge cinematic trailer uh, that was shown off following yesterday's teaser stream. Which basically just like an artist, I so one of their digital artists, like in Photoshop, like painting out the key art. For yeah, the and game. it was it was basically the name drop of the game, and then they yeah. announced that they were having the reveal today. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty cool. The the end result art was pretty dope. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd take a poster. Yeah, and uh, of course we got gaming publications have all thrown articles out with all the stuff that they've been sitting on <laughs> detailing the game. Uh, I guess yeah, first. How are you guys? We knew that Vikings were going to be a thing. It's just officially confirmed now. We had mm-hmm. we had an episode where we talked about a big like four channel leak that's basically all but confirmed now. As far as like a lot of that leak is lining up with all the stuff that's in these articles today. So yeah, how are y'all feeling about the initial cinematic reveal of Assassin's Creed Valhalla? I'm super excited. Uh, I think it's just going to be another Assassin's Creed and more expensive. I, I 100% on, upon the con, uh, I, I ignorant slut. Uh, Viking <laughs> rap sounds cool, you know, but I'm not I, in love with these games as like dude, you and, or as Ethan is. I think Origins was awesome. I think Odyssey was even better and I wish I had played the I wish I had played the opposite. And I think this one if it sticks with what Odyssey did so well and it's just more things and better. Oh, I'm really, I, I'm, I hope it's not too much. That's what, that's the one concern I have. I think it is going to be too much because wasn't it, uh, the last the two fit? were too much and we're going to be too muchier, which I love. I can't yeah. oh, the <laughs> exactly I, I because it was think... the game director of Ubisoft or first Assassin's Creed was quoted as, uh, Oh, you Vs Goumont. Cause they yeah. asked him, they were like, are you ever going to go back to making smaller games? He's just no, like, no, no, so no, I mean like yeah. trying to do <laughs> too many things yeah. like with the, this one has like the raid system and the 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 settlement. I just I don't want it them to try to do very like Shadow of War slash brutal legend esque. Like if like, there's fucking uh, with building the army and sending them out there and having controls. Yeah, like is there probably be RTS elements in this? Like, there's probably going to be a little bit of crafting. I just hope it's not too gonna much be a lot Fallout of Boy or too much Fallout Four. I don't think we're going to get the RTS thing like brutal legend, Drew. I, I think you're building up your settlement and probably like your tribe and everything, but I don't think it's going to be like. You're going out there and controlling anyone but your guy. I okay. Think You're just going to be mean, building your army and then like going through a menu setting and being like, hey, go attack them through here. You know, didn't the website have something about a customizable Viking that you can like go yeah, in you, you with can customize other people, like though? your own troops? Like, yeah, oh. but the, they're like your they're What's like the your your um, 
Oh, here like I can your, drop in Slack uh, this kind of like bullet point list that I've got. Yeah, share your custom yeah, raider. This was this Create, was customize on. your own mercenary Vikings to share online and reap the spoils of when they fight alongside your friends in their own sagas. Recruit mer- mercenaries uh, created by other players and add their strengths to your forces. So that's cool. You can create your kind of own mercenaries and like have your friends add them to your squads or take their mercenaries from their squads and have them to yours. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of cool features that it sounds like they're going to be throwing into here. And one of the biggest things that I'm excited about, because I love this in Assassin's Creed like uh, 2 and 3, was the idea of the settlement that you're building up your homestead and kind of like repairing your city and like opening up new things and kind of because it showed in the trailer that you're kind of you're the Vikings. You're coming onto the shores of northern England and you're building this village and this town and this kind of like cutting out your own spot in this new world and yeah i know that that's going to be a big part they let me see let me just quickly go through like some of these bullet points on here you see, i was a little i was a little afraid when they showed that off that it was going to be too much like um, not fallout it's not gonna be like that <laughs> fallout 4 or something that like way. that yeah as long as they stick to what like i but said you're like, right. odyssey and origins did well and they don't try to stray too far but while still maintaining maintaining some kind of freshness yeah but i i have real high hopes for this i'm definitely going to get this day and one it kind of seems like they're taking uh, away from all that they've learned from the previous assassin's creeds you know from like Man, building so. up b- building up your own settlement to the upgrades of the crafting to like even that they have uh you know, you're going to be able to explore different islands. It looks like Dude, through your I Viking that, craft. So they're invoking stuff from it. That's Creed why it's worthwhile playing Odyssey, even though you played origins, because you can see in just a year, the way that all of Ubisoft studios collaborate, how much of an improvement they could make, even when it, when you're talking a, a, a bi-yearly franchise now, right? Have, yeah. Cause they put origins out and obviously Odyssey was being designed at the same time, but what they learned while making origins fed right into odyssey and then what it's people what were talking about in origins and like in the reviews and how people felt about it and all that data they're mining for how people play fed back into odyssey and when you play odyssey it feels like origins like on crack where it's just like yeah. oh my god here's all the expand on all the things i really really liked and they kind of like cut some of this fat and like the side quests are like fucking ripped out of the witcher 3 now and <laughs> yeah like it's just such a huge improvement and then now we've like you said, I, I don't see any way that they haven't like continued to cultivate that by taking another year off and doing this one where, yeah, it's going to be everything that they learned from Odyssey and Origins. And again, just kind of further refined and just like needed into this, like the pinnacle Ubisoft open world game. Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly excited. I think, the yeah, only question I'm honestly is, pretty. Go ahead. Can I, can I pull out my hidden blade with one button? Probably, I'm gonna say yes. And I'm gonna say cool like hidden that, blades, buddy. Isn't oh that the God. difference uh, between this assassin and all the other ones? Is that the blades on the top, or has that always been a thing? Because I'm pretty sure it was on the bottom for a long time. Oh, yeah, because it's I the way it comes out really on him. Notice. It's on top of his arm instead of below it. Yeah, because this is technically this is as far as I think this is the earliest in the time frame that we've seen. Because this Vikings thing is pre. Like they aren't even assassins and Templars yet; they're still the hidden ones. And uh, oh, really? So this is before like Assassin's Creed One. Yeah. Uh, really? Well, I mean, it's before even uh, Origins and Odyssey. 
No shit. Okay. Or actually, I could be wrong. Yeah, are, think, are you sure about that? Because wasn't there a, origins? Like a whole... I think might be origins. I think yeah, that might be the. Whole I thing. think origins <laughs> had a whole side quest about like the first hidden blade and the first. Uh, You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and there is. The oh, no, I think that was Odyssey. Actually, the it hidden was ones like, was the expansion of Origins. Yeah, and Odyssey and Origins kind of run side by side a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we've got a little. We've got some bullet point notes that are very concise here. Um, your main character is Avor. That's going to be his name. Uh, you do get to choose whether you're male or female. Which I, I read some people talking about how what if that wasn't a choice? They're never going to go back to not being able to pick. Yeah, like, I mean, Avor yeah, is such a massively like huge character. Like Avor like, seems <laughs> kind of you know gender neutral when you're when you're kind of saying it. So I could see that being both the male and female characters' name. Yeah. Uh, the customization customization options include being able to change your hair, clothing, war paint, and more. Uh, the game does take place in both Norway and England. Uh, England has three major cities to visit: London, Winchester, and Jorvik. So that should give you an idea of the size and scope, because London and Winchester by themselves are <coughs> probably going to be at least on the scale of Alexandria in uh, Origins. So, which was already like a huge city. It was, it's like the big like center point of your map in there. Uh, so it's probably going to be at least on the scale of those. Uh, you can dual wield almost any combination of weapons, nice. which is super hype. And they, I think that somebody did confirm that you could dual wield shields, which I know is like a Dark Souls meme that Ethan's probably. No, I think with. it said <laughs> that even in that press release that you sent me. Yeah, 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 I think on the website it's it just like it has in the list of things that you can do wield because it yeah like, it the says and even the, shields yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it says every piece of gear is unique which I know was kind of an issue with a lot of the gear you'd pick up in Origins and Odyssey where it kind of had that that division thing where you you pick up one thing and it's just like a blue version of another weapon and it it's like added some adjective onto it or something so it sounds like there's going to be more variety there. Uh, gear can be upgraded and customized and you could use the same equipment from beginning to end if you want to, which I can only imagine that'll be the case if it is like something that looks super badass and you're just like, this is what I want to carry through the whole story. <laughs> so that's cool that they'll be able to do that. Cause that was also, they kind of let you do that in Odyssey, but it got to a point a lot of times where, you know, you would be kind of forced to upgrade because you, you wanted the special ability that was on like another weapon, even if you didn't like the look of it or that style of weapon, you're like, Oh yeah, I need this like adrenaline boosting special ability or something. So I wonder if they'll let you go that deep into the customizations where you can copy abilities over from other weapons or something, which would be cool if they added all that customization. in. uh, your new abilities through a system mechanically similar to a skill tree, which to me sounds like it's just it's going to be a skill tree. <laughs> uh, what you can accomplish is more about gear and skills, not character levels, mm. which is imp- which is really good. I li- I prefer that because that was one of the few things I didn't like about Odyssey and Origins was that you could stumble into an area where you come up with someone who's like 30 levels above you. And so now all of a sudden your assassin blade doesn't assassinate them. <laughs> like it's a fucking blade. If I come at you and you don't know I'm there, and I get you in the jugular, you should die. Like, that's the one part of, like, the fantasy RPG aspect that I didn't necessarily love. And that, like, it had that thing, too, where if they're, like, too high above you, you can't even damage them. Yeah, no, I remember that. That was I, that was annoying. I, I, 
and it, it was it's just one there's no perfect way to design that where it's like you it, it i don't like not being able to have my cake and eat it too where it's like oh here's this big vast world to explore just don't go over there <laughs> don't go over there they're too strong over there but explore <clears throat> go wherever you want you see that mountain you could ride all the way over there but don't go to that mountain because there's a lion so yeah there's a there. level 100 legendary lion he'll eat yeah. you really fast and you'll lose a lot of progress uh, words the team have used to describe the combat include brutal, crunchy, and weighty. I think they showed that pretty well in the cinematic trailer, which obviously it's a, it's CGI. It's not actual gameplay, but there was a big focus on how hard some of those attacks were hitting and the oh, how well, visceral the axe combat looked. And yeah, like one of the first big things whenever the battle uh, took place was one of the dudes chopped some guy's head off, yeah. which it has not been a thing in the Assassin's Creed's franchise. Yeah, I read something else where they were talking about how there is going to be like dismemberment yes. and like gory kind of attacking and stuff. And I liked the idea too with kind of what I was talking about, about not being able to like sneak a hidden blade attack in there was in the cinematic trailer when he fights the dude with the chain mail and like his like axe hits are just like bouncing off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought that the, was really cool. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Yeah. Cause like that axe can't cut through the way that chain is set up and probably mm-hmm. an armor plating underneath him. And then, but he's still, what is he able to do? Well, there's a spot underneath his neck that that blade will fit. No, so he gets I'm him in the eye. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he pushes it right through his head. Yeah. Yeah. He goes straight through the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I really liked the look that, and the focus that they were giving to that kind of combat. I, I definitely, I'm hoping that dude's going to be a big chungus in the game whenever it comes out. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, you'll fight that guy. You'll definitely <laughs> fight that guy. Uh, the team is putting extra effort towards enemy variety to keep encounters surprising. Uh, that's one of those great assault things. I, I feel like enemy variety, everyone touts, and then you still get to a point where it's like, yeah, I've seen this guy before, so we'll see oh, how yeah. that goes. You can imagine they can fit more character models in memory or something, but it, the art team still has limits. <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, you have a long ship you use to go on raids, and your long ship has a crew, including warriors you can customize. They kind of had that in Odyssey, where you could pick up your crew and you'd hide. hide I mean, they've had that since like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, where you would, you know, uh, hire on certain crew members and like you'd go beat somebody up till. They're almost dead, and then you decide, do I want to kill them, or do I want to make them work on my ship? Uh, <laughs> so maybe this just means there's more in-depth. We were talking about XCOM earlier. Maybe it's almost XCOM style, where you see like a whole crew manifest, and you can go in and like change outfits and all that stuff, but that sounds interesting. Uh, assaults are big set-piece moments. They are different from raids and involve attacks on large fortifications. You see, that's where I'm kind of thinking maybe it might be a little bit rts Like, you're going to have to plan to where uh, you put certain units onto where the assaults go. Could be. Or maybe at least balance the type of units you take in where it's like, oh, I know I'm going to need more archers in this one versus more, like, heavy axe dudes or something. But mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, RTS just always makes me think of, like, a big overhead view where I'm plopping down units and they're going to go this way. I think it might be more thinking like you might have a phase before the battle and actually initiatives to where like you have an overhead view to where you, you know, the units you created, you put them them down. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe Uh, you build a settlement that serves as your base. Like I said, I love this idea of being able to customize settlements and like, I don't think it'll be like, I joked about it being fallout four style where you're going around and placing beds and stuff. I don't think it'll be like that. 
no, I no, think no. it will be more like uh, the mansion in Assassin's Creed Two, where it's like here's a here's your booklet, or like in a Red Dead, where you're just right, like, oh, yeah, I have this like, much money, you get enough money, yeah. Here's the stuff you can buy, and then once you buy it, it's there. Yeah, you got people who are like, oh, well, we need more food. Okay, well, we'll set up a chicken coop and that kind of thing. I, I think that'll probably be more what you're looking at. Uh, I do, like you were saying too, I could definitely see the crafting thing coming back. That was a big thing in Assassin's Creed 3 where you would have to go hunt for certain animals to get certain kind of pelts and then like collecting certain things. And then maybe you take that stuff back to your settlement and then that more than just money, you have that to be able to, you know, oh, I need this much wood to build different kinds of homes and stuff. I could definitely see it being that because you got to imagine, at least historically speaking, the money probably doesn't mean too much to Vikings coming to England. You're not buying stuff from the English, really. Like you're you're usually on the run from them you're, and like trying to keep your own space. Well, smarter. I know there was like what well, you have like a blacksmith in one of your settlements. So you'll probably do a lot of crafting with with. That's your, what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, like you're going to go get ores and like your like pelts and stuff. Maybe not so much of a focus on actual currency. Yeah. But I don't know enough about the Vikings to know if they had a whole lot of currency. Maybe I'm completely off base. Uh, your clan and others you recruit live in your settlement, settlement, so you will there will be the recruiting kind of thing, like from Black Flag and everything. Uh, Hidden Ones and Order of Ancients, a.k.a. Assassins and Templars, are in the game. At some point, Eivor meets Assassins, works alongside them, and uses the Hidden Blade, which we saw from the trailer. Uh, King Alfred of Wessex, later known as Alfred the Great, is an antagonistic figure. Though I did see a comment later in uh, on the Reddit post where someone was very who's like I'm British and I know a lot of this history mm-hmm. and stuff and mm-hmm. I hope they don't try to make Alfred the Great like is this like over the top evil bad guy in the in the thing because he apparently did a lot for England back then like established schools and well sure like, somebody overall. who is English would say that <laughs> right exactly it sounds like an English just like they're me. talking about the American Revolution like I taxes bet, aren't that bad I bet somebody who's like Scandinavian probably tells a different story <laughs> but uh, the someone else replied to that in like some of the developer comments they've already had and stuff is that in the trailer he is shown to be like more antagonistic but then in the actual game it's a lot more nuanced so it's not going to be like this I mean they're at war you know you you the Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the bad guy is within the behold, the eye of the beholder. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, like they are coming onto their land and stuff. And if if they're going and stealing from villages, well, of course the king is going to be like, well, why do these people stealing our shit? Where'd they come from? Oh, across the ocean. But also, they're probably not going over there for no reason. So you know, you just yeah. Uh, Layla's story in the present day continues. Layla is the character nobody really cares about from the modern day part of uh, oh god no where you come Don't, out of I always out of the animus oh oh, oh. Uh, yeah I totally missed that <laughs> yeah she's been your character since I want to say not unity maybe syndicate I think she was in syndicate she could have been in unity but I can't remember because yeah, so Den- Desmond ends after Desmond's been dead since Assassin's Creed 3 okay he's yeah. actually dead though Rip yeah he, he did oh yeah he did he dead as hell. He ain't coming back. No more Desmond. He dead as hell. They can't afford uh, uh, what's his guy's name? The guy that plays he plays Drake in the Uncharted games. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, that's who oh, voiced oh, Nolan oh, North. Oh, oh, Nolan oh, North. Yeah. North. Yeah. Yeah. That's who voiced Desmond back then. Uh, Ubisoft Montreal is leading development on Valhalla. Uh, the studio's last two Assassin's Creed games were Origins and Black Flag, which is a big plus for a lot of people. Uh, 12 other Ubisoft studios are supporting Valhalla's development along with external partner Spearsoft. 
Spirisoft, Spirisoft. Uh, so, th- and that's not uncommon that like Ubisoft usually does that where it's like they got so many. We I think we went down the studio list the other day where we were like there's like 24 studios working under Ubisoft, so they're putting a lot of effort behind this. Uh, and then of course Valhalla is cross gen coming to next gen and current available consoles, and we already said it's coming out holiday 2020. But yeah, that's the gist of it. Uh, what else here? We advanced RPG mechanics allow you to shape the growth of your character and influence the world around you. Uh, la, la, la. Oh yeah, the rest of this is just the, the no, 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 no. everything we read. But Viking yeah, rap. Uh, apparently their next big reveal is going to be in the May seventh inside mm-hmm. Xbox that we'll talk yeah, about we'll get later. To see some, yeah. Actually, I guess we can go ahead and cover that now because. Uh, where would I put that? Yeah, Microsoft will be debuting an Xbox Series X game showcase on May 7th during Edside Xbox, promising a first look at next-gen gameplay from their global development partners. The wording of the announcement makes it sound like this will focus on third-party titles, with a follow-up tweet from marketing general manager Aaron Greenberg stating that Xbox Game Studios was hard at work on their summer plans. So they did confirm that we'll see more Assassin's Creed, the actual gameplay trailer yeah, on Ubisoft. May 7th. Ubisoft said they were going to be there at that event and stuff. Well, there's no event physically. Well, right. For it's a yeah. stream. Yeah. yeah. But they'll, they'll be in the inside. Yes, Xbox. They, yeah. Thing. They have stuff like showing. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, any guesses on what we might see from that? Cause I mean, it's basically anything coming out in the fall. That's third party. So I'm wondering if watchdogs Legion shows up again. Cause we haven't heard yeah, anything about cares? that. Oh, dude. I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, I'm betting we're going to see another big cyberpunk trailer. Maybe actually maybe uh, a hint of what that might look like on Xbox Series X. Because what if this is like we might see like a Forza trailer or something? Because I because Forza's oh, first party. Okay, they're doing third party only. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm trying to think of who all has marketing deals with Xbox right now. And I know it's obviously Ubisoft uh, for Assassin's Creed and then uh, cyberpunk. Because we already know that they're doing the the Xbox with them or whatever. Uh, and they have the the smart, what is it? Smart delivery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, which also this has been confirmed to be doing smart delivery too. So you buy Valhalla, it's going to be it's going to work on any Xbox you got, whether it's the Series X or the regular X. I don't know. It's kind of hard to to, to predict what uh, Microsoft is going to come out with because. Would you even expect them to get that uh, cyberpunk ex- exclusivity with the smart delivery and uh, Assassin's Creed with the smart delivery? Because I think uh, Xbox, since the release of this past generation, you know, the Xbox One and how they were severely behind at the uh, um, release of the console, mm-hmm. that I think that they learned from that lesson. And I think we're going to get... Uh, some surprises here of uh, exclusivities uh, for Xbox coming, but I you just think they're going to pull out the big guns. We're going to see some big stuff we aren't expecting. Bait, yeah, bait I switch. really, I really do. Yeah, <clears throat> think a little, Halo, I mean, because, a little Halo action. No, that's third party. Uh, that's first party. That's first party. Oh yeah. no, I thought that's what you meant. Is like they were going to just slip in a little bit of some big stuff in there. Like, no, I think that they're going to invest into heavily in the, into their third party systems, and we're going to get something that we're just not going to expect. Oh, okay. I just wish, so I wish, I wish that I could. Yeah, I wish that I could predict what it could be, but I just I Dude, don't know because what if we did, 
did you really expect Xbox to get this deal with Cyber or uh, CD Projekt Red or uh, Ubisoft? I I really didn't. I honestly, Ubisoft, yeah, because they've been since the One X came out, they were also doing the marketing deals with them for Origins and Odyssey. Okay, because that was a big deal before Odyssey came out when they were like, oh, it runs best on Xbox One X and at the E3 reveal, and they were showing it running like. It showed the Xbox, Xbox logo at the end. And and yeah, exactly. Like, okay, I didn't know that. And then cool. also, I mean, Ubisoft, you got to think the classic one is Splinter Cell, of course. That was always a big Xbox property. Mm-hmm. They're like People associated Splinter Cell with Xbox. Uh, I think uh, there's probably a couple other ones. But uh, I, I mean, even I'm Witcher 3, whenever I re- originally think of Witcher 3, I think more of an Xbox, honestly. I don't know. Weird. I, Witcher always seems platform agnostic to me because it's a classically PC franchise. Like the first one's only PC. Right. The second one came out on PC and then like a year later came out on Xbox 360. And then the Witcher was the really the or the three was the really the first one that like was actually cross platform and everything. You think okay. of Xbox when you think of the Witcher? Yeah, that's wild to me. That's super wild. That's like the first thing I think is PC. But Wait, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. When I, I think, think of, of Witcher novels. three, I think of Xbox. As the Witcher of the franchise, I think of PC. You're right. Okay, that's fair. Um, I wonder if we're finally going to see, and I, I'm, I'm going to keep predicting it's going to happen because it never will. If we finally fucking see Rocksteady's game, <laughs> whatever Batman or Justice League or whatever the fuck, this could totally be the reveal chance for that. Uh, also. Something that's been in the that was leaked a while ago, but we haven't heard anything about was uh, Warner Brothers uh, Studios their Harry Potter game. Oh, dude, yeah, that when that Harry leaked Potter footage RPG thing, yeah, came out, yeah, I've I, I will say I've never given two shits of a fuck about Harry Potter, but that trailer or that leaked footage, I was like, I'm about it. That dude, looks like, dope. give me a fucking Persona style like high school life sim thing. Or I'm learning magic and having to go to my classes and uh-huh. make what? friends and stuff. That would be Did so. Did you never cool. see this like leak teaser of this? It's not even. No, Ethan, is this new? No, no, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying, have you ever watched a Harry Potter movie? That sounds awful. Like Persona. Ugh. Yeah, like going and like forming, Gross. like getting friends. No. Like, yeah, but I okay, but it's not the like relationships based are already like, there. Friends, I think it should be like a prequel to where like you're just some student at the school. Yeah, and like oh, I'm gonna go befriend Harry and learn like some magic spell from him or whatever. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about the lore of Harry That's Potter. Like, this I just is what happens when, when, when non-Harry Potter fans make a Harry <laughs> Potter video no, game. No, no. I, I don't think this is going to be like a like a true like following Harry and his story kind of thing. It's going to be a Harry Potter franchise, it's and it's going to be yeah. and it's an RPG. There was That's already a good Harry Potter RPG, and it was on the Game Boy Advance. No, no. Yes, a lot of people played that, nobody and it was very that. good. And people say it is. Lots of people. No, the best but I know people. that gameplay footage you're talking about, and it looks super dope. That's, that's what I'm betting on. I'm betting on. I'm betting we see Harry Potter finally Xbox marketing deal. That'd be cool. Next, VideoGameChronicles.com revealed last week that multiple insider sources have confirmed to them that Sony has greenlit a trilogy of Horizon Zero Dawn games following the massive success of the first installment released in 2017. The untitled sequel to Horizon started development very soon after the release of Zero Dawn and will be gigantic in scope and implement co-op gameplay 
though it's unknown if co-op will be integrated into the main story or separate or a separate game mode. Co-op was initially planned for the first game, but the idea was scrapped in order to focus on the on other areas of the game. But it appears the idea, uh, which was first hinted at in leaked concept art from 2017, is making a comeback. A source involved with the studio has even shared with VGC that at one point there was a plan to release a co-op preview with progress that could carry over to the full release, but it's unconfirmed if these plans remain. So the big two pieces of this, obviously, are just that co-op is going to be a thing somehow in some form in the next Horizon Zero Dawn game, and that uh, Sony has already greenlit the third one. Makes me a little afraid that they're going to Wolfenstein New Blood it. How dare you? Yeah, what what do you mean? Oh, uh, New Blood, was that the one where you play as two different characters? That's or- the one where you play as uh, BJ Blazkowicz's daughter, and they kind of make it like a Destiny kind of thing, where it's yeah. more RPG-based. And, uh, you know, there's they certain enemies you can't that. take down until, you know, a certain point. That's just your most recent example of co-op gone wrong, though. Co-op right. can be good. You're right. You're right. It totally <laughs> can be great. There's a lot of other problems with that game than the co-op. <laughs> But no, uh, yeah, this is this is great. This is honestly well. what I hoped was was going on, minus the co-op part, like the the continuation yeah, of the Horizon Zero Dawn series, how they had started on the second one, you know, not much after the first, and then that they had already had plans for a third one. So yeah, that's that's what I hoped, and that's what we got. Yeah, I like confirmation that like two's development is going so well that Sony is presumably already mm-hmm. been like, cool, we're, you're good to go for a third as well. Right. I like the idea that they're scoping out the game because uh, I know for a long time, I mean, I think it was uh, Herman Holst. They, he said like from the get go that like when they were putting together the idea for Horizon Zero Dawn, that it was always meant to be a multi-part series. And I mean, that's another one too. You could see just with the end of Horizon Zero Dawn that like there's so much more story ready to be told for that one. Uh, but you don't go through and playing it feeling like, oh, I only got half a game by the end of it. So I, I like the idea that they're scoping out for two more games. And the co-op thing, honestly, to me, sounds really exciting. It doesn't, I think to me, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that like you can only play co-op or that you couldn't have like whatever that character is can be AI controlled when you're not playing with another person. But the idea of going out and like having to team up with someone else to take down like a bigger dinosaur robot thing or whatever Sounds Monster really cool to me. Style. I, yeah, exactly. Exact. Oh man, I even I've been trying to think of how that would look exactly like Monster Hunter, dude. Having to go out and be like, dude, we've got to plan our strategy for this. You're over here setting up traps. I'm gonna bait him into a certain way. That way, you're behind him, getting like a critical hit off on the component we need. There's so there's so many cool things they could do with a co-op mode in Horizon Zero Dawn. Like I, this was really exciting to me. Uh, Especially because I, I remember that leaked artwork from seeing the multiple hunters coming out at the same time against like the uh, the big uh, T Rex looking one that you fight at one point. I can't think of its name right now, but yeah, I, I think this is hype as fuck, Drew. I think you need to have more faith in Guerrilla Games. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. It's all we can do is see. This is. I mean, I've been waiting for this sequel since I finished Horizon Zero Dawn. I know. I've. Uh. I was holding off on the DLC until they like announced the second one, or we get some kind of like teaser or something. 
I think that'll be the thing we see from Sony in June when Sony. Yeah, that's probably because June is rumored to be when Sony's going to do their. Yep. Next. It's like what I think it's like the seventh or something is like when they're. Yeah, some numbers getting thrown around, but June seems about right for as late as as long as they can wait. Yeah. And June, I think, was also when they did the PS4 hardware reveal uh, mm-hmm. that year in 2013. So, yeah, I think we'll definitely see something from Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, a sequel announced or some yeah. sort. And just also, like a just like a screen, like a logo or something, you know, like a title. That'd yeah, be cool. this is something I've been meaning to bring up with you guys actually. That like to really put into context how much we don't know about what Sony's working on is if you go to the PlayStation store right now and you try to pre-order a game and you go to like the coming soon section, mm-hmm. there's like four games. Oh I've yeah. They, they dialed it back. Did you not that know that? Few. Well, I hadn't looked into coming soon in forever. Yeah. They, they took I, I out went because some like of I said, stuff. I went and pre-ordered last of us part two and went and pre-ordered uh-huh. Ghost of Tsushima. But when you think about it, those are the last two first party games that have been announced. And we have not had a first party game announcement since Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two were announced almost three years ago now. Yeah, because I think like three Iron Man VR was on there and they took that off. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, as far as like, it was just, it kind of put into context for me that like, dude, we don't, we can, we think we know. We know a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel is being worked on. We know there's a Spider-Man 2 being worked on. We know there's a God of War 5 being worked on. But none of that has really been announced. Like we, in June... When Ghost of Tsushima comes out, I'm sorry, July now, when that comes out, that's all that we know that Sony's working on out of their 13 or 14 first party studios. We have assumptions of what they're We have assumptions, on. yeah, but nothing's yeah. been announced. Right, you're right. So how close are some like huge first party titles going to release? Like maybe we've got a bigger launch lineup coming for PS5 than we thought. Because, like, I can't tell you the last time where I was like, dude, we didn't know over a year ahead of time that, like, like something else is coming. Like, we we have nothing. We have no fucking concept of anything that's coming out after Ghost of Tsushima is out. We have no concept of time after Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> it's fucking anarchy, man. Like, it's just, it's weird that, like, in two months, like, we're caught up with every possible announcement. Whereas, like, again, think of how long we've known Ghost of Tsushima is coming. Think of how long we knew about Spider-Man before we saw Spider-Man. We have no, like they've yeah. not announced it. That's nuts. That's truly nuts. It, oh like, my God. If we got a if we got a Spider-Man announcement in fucking June. Oh my God. Dude, how easy would that be too? They oh already, have God, been, they dude. did so much demoing with Spider-Man is like their PS5 storage uh-huh. thing. That like, what if it's not Ratchet and Clank that we're getting so soon? If it's already like Spider Man coming out, no, they'll get to Ratchet and Clank. They made a fucking movie out of it. They'll get to. No, that I know, eventually. but I mean, like, we're all but assuming yeah, that I'm, Ratchet I'm is going to be the next you. one. What if we already are getting Spider Man two? Like in the no, fall? that's what I'm saying. They'll yeah. get to Ratchet and Clank eventually. Yeah, what if Spider Man was like their hey Xbox? Look at this. Look at our Spider Man. Like, uh, or or that Horizon Zero Dawn two is further along than we thought. Like we yeah. It's so, holiday 2020. Yeah, it's so crazy. January 21 or well, probably not. Because Zero Dawn 2 has been in development since 2017. We know that because mm-hmm. it came out in the beginning of 2017. And they said shortly after they started development. Mm-hmm. That makes it three years now that it's been in like probably full blown. We're working on this game. There's no way that it's a 2022 game. 
because that's five years of dev time for something that like they mm-hmm. already have Decima. They're not building an engine from scratch. They have the world built up. They know where they're going with the story. 2021 is possible, but also like it's not. You have to wonder how how hard it got hit by this whole the whole thing. Yeah, but, but also right. it's, you not, have to it's not out of the... how much was already done before we had yeah. to do the work at home stuff. Yeah, like would it be unfathomable for like a sequel to that to be done in three and a half years? I don't think so, no. especially for a team the size of Gorilla with as much support studios as like someone like Sony can provide. Like uh, it, it's whew, it's getting me all worked up just thinking about it. What if Death Stranding laid the groundwork, dude? For- what if Death Stranding two? This fall, no, <laughs> no, but it's 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 worth thinking about. It's this is unprecedented yeah. for like us. Not this is the le- least we've known about what's coming from Sony ever. I think, and they like, like it that way. I think. Oh yeah. Oh dude, that it's gonna be such a fucking blowout in, in June. I can't wait. Blood will be spread. Uh, spilled. Oh, spilled. Elden Ring. That's my other prediction for what we see from Xbox. Oh, God, I hope so. We just got that big leak the other day, a rumor leak or yep. whatever. I oh, my see, God. We see Elden I, Ring on May 7th. I'm I might, that now. like, punch a hole in a wall. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> oh, my God. He was going to be like, Travis, I bought a new monitor, <laughs> and I bought another one because... Something happened to yours. I don't want to talk yeah. about it, but your wow. monitor's no good anymore. You're just sitting there watching the stream on your on my monitor, yes! and you just out of nowhere just punch the fucking screen. Just, just so excited. Oh my god, dude. Next up from Matt Kim over at IGN. WWE confirmed in today's first quarter earnings call that WWE 2K21 has been canceled. During a QA, WWE interim chief financial officer Frank Riddick revealed, quote, there's not going to be a launch of a game this year when asked about a new WWE 2K title. The confirmation follows rumors that WWE 2K21 was canceled this year. There have been some turbulence with the WWE 2K series after, I'm so tired of saying WWE already, 2K20 was panned by critics for its poor performance, numerous glitches, and bugs. Developer Visual Concepts also took over the 2K series. I'm not saying wrestling again. Uh, after the longtime developer, or Japanese developer, UK's, announced it would depart from the series to work on its own wrestling game. While there have been rumors that 2K21 was canceled for weeks now, 2K Games has not commented on the situation. When IGM reached out to the developer earlier this month, the company responded that it would not comment on rumors or speculation. Uh, They had since posted an update saying that they would have news about where the franchise is going soon and have since then announced uh, WWE Battlegrounds would be the game that comes out this year. Which, Ethan, you said before we start recording that this looks kind of silly and dumb to you. I agree. Yeah, but it, 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 it like, looks silly, but it, I mean, so it did looks what, like what, the Playgrounds series. That, yeah, uh, you could, NBA. you know, silly can be silly can be funny, especially with wrestling, which is already kind of over the top. You could play to that strength of, yeah, the, you know, the, the hitting with the chairs. And yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's already over the top. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like you definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that's what this is supposed to be. Is it's supposed to be kind of an offshoot from the Playground series, mm-hmm. which uh, the NBA 2K uh, Playgrounds and Playgrounds 2, I think both did fairly well, uh, critically and uh, financially. So uh, I think, it, yeah, it, it seems like it's going to be one that's a little sillier to do. You don't have to have as many people complaining about the graphics don't real realistic if everyone looks cel shaded and cartoony. Um, yeah, I just hope they give the, the the games the budget and the development time they need. 
it's kind of crazy. We talked about we talk about this a lot, but the way that 2K handles these kind of things is just kind of shameful. I'm surprised that a lot of these uh, like companies like WWE and NBA and stuff even let them keep these licenses anymore. With just they, I think the only reason why is because they continue to make money whether or not they're bad. Uh, but yeah, so if you're wondering, just holding out, hoping for the new memes, you have to wait one more year for another 2K. <laughs> They should just uh, revive the NBA Street series. Oh, I know, dude. Street was so good. Yeah, That's so what we need. We need a remaster of that. We need an NBA Street. We needed a WWE Street. You know, oh, WWE Street would probably be a bad idea. Just no, it would be great. A bunch of 10-year-olds playing a game where there's just people smashing each other on <laughs> cement outside. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's more Super wholesome than that? What indeed? What indeed? Next. Nintendo issued a statement this week confirming that around 160,000 Nintendo accounts may have been compromised and accessed without permission by exploiting Nintendo's old Nintendo Network ID system. NNID was the login system used for 3DS and Wii U, and all affected users still had this NNID connected to their Nintendo account used on the Switch. In response to this exploit, Nintendo has now disabled NNID logins and reset the passwords of any Nintendo accounts that were determined to be affected by this breach. Many users confirmed their PayPal accounts had been accessed during this breach, but Nintendo confirmed that the only users that you only users that were using the same password for both Nintendo Network ID and their Nintendo account had any fraudulent purchases. User nicknames, date of birth, gender, country, and email addresses were all lifted from the affected accounts. Nintendo has confirmed that there was no database breach on their end. So, yeah, use unique passwords. Though, Ethan, even if these people had LastPass, I read something fucky on Reddit, that uh, the only way you could change the password for your Nintendo Network ID was to log into it on a Wii U or 3DS. (laughs) So if you didn't have those anymore, you couldn't change it. And... A lot of people just assume that the Nintendo Network ID and Nintendo oh, account. Wait, are the shit, same. Do I have one of these? You might if you ever had it. Oh, if you ever plugged it on a line. Fuck yeah, I do have one of these. Uh, oh wait, but I don't have like a but Switch. You account. never had a Switch, yeah. So yeah, uh, and I think like I don't even does the 3ds eShop uh, is that even still? It's probably still online. Yeah, it still works. I uh, bought a game the other day. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I would check. I'd go ahead and switch your password just in case if you hadn't done uh, it. I don't think I have anything. Um, I don't think I have like a card attached to it. I think I just used it and then got rid of it. Yeah. But uh, I'll probably change the passwords. But that was when some people were talking about. It's like they that's would weird. They an email that like their account was accessed. So they're like, oh, okay, that's weird. But I'll go onto my Nintendo account and change my password. And then they get another email that it was accessed, and they change the password again. They get, they keep happening, and so they like people just assumed that the Nintendo Network ID and Nintendo account were the same thing, because there's no way to change it online. That's and scary. and yeah, so now Nintendo's just be like, all right, we disabled that login system entirely, I guess, uh, because it's just ancient. And yeah, it's kind of shitty because like at that point, it is you you'd hope people were using unique passwords and stuff, but if you thought they were the same, I mean, because it's not ex- explained properly that they aren't, that's kind of also on Nintendo. I can't really fault the people that were uh, exploited for just not knowing any better because, I mean, that's a simple enough mistake. I, I I never even fucking heard of Nintendo Network ID. I thought that's what the Nintendo account was. But I, I honestly, I don't know the difference either. It was just something on the, the DS they made you do, I think. Yeah. 
to, uh, to use like the internet for something or whatever. But yeah, get enough of time as any to remind people to use unique passwords on all your sites. <laughs> If you can avoid it, do not save payment information on these sites. I know it's a huge hassle to pull out your credit card and type out those 16 digits every time you want to make a purchase. That's probably better for you that way. Maybe you won't buy so much shit you don't need if you don't have your stuff saved all the time. And uh, also, yeah, enable two-factor authentication. I know the Nintendo (laughs) accounts have those. It's very simple to set up. Ethan learned how to do it just yesterday. I hate it. (laughs) But you're secure now. Yeah. You're so secure, you can't get into your accounts. I hate it. I, everything's locked. I've never tried to come over and get everything. <laughs> Next, Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age has received a new update on PS4 and PC that adds additional gameplay features previously only available on the Xbox <clears throat> One and Switch releases of the game. Weird. Due to the staggered release of the title on each platform, additional development time allowed implementation of a job reset function for characters three Gambit sets to customize, and an original soundtrack configuration allowing you to switch between the new remixed soundtrack and the original as it was on PlayStation 2. These three features are now available on all platforms. So originally, those were only on the Xbox One and Switch releases, which came out like a year and a half after the PS4 and PC ones. Uh, But now they've all been updated to have parity, which is really cool. The job reset function, especially in 12, is super, super handy. Yeah, that sounds pretty... pretty, uh convenient but speaking of original soundtrack man there are some songs in final fantasy 14 for the alexander raids uh, that shit slaps <laughs> I can't. oh my god i heard it today for the first time and it's so oh my god <laughs> actually that reminds me of something too drew when we talked last week it was either i think it was last week i don't know if it was on the show or not you said something, it might have even been your first impressions of Final Fantasy VII Remake. You said something about a moment in the game where you felt like the music wasn't matching. Do you oh, remember yeah. what that was? Because I. Yeah, I do. It was whenever. Because you were ahead uh, of me and, at the time. You, yeah, whenever Cloud and Aerith were running through um, this, not the sewers, but it was like the underground backway pathway to Sector Sector Six, maybe. Yeah, Sector Six. Sector, yeah. Um, the one where you originally find like you have to do like uh, the hand robot puzzle, where yeah. you're lifting Aerith and everything like that, and the music in the background felt like this uh, dancey EDM. Because uh, it was like the Cosmo Canyon song or something weird. I'm not sure. It might have been the Cosmo Canyon, Cosmo Canyon one. I'm not entirely sure, but all I could pay yeah, attention to was how annoying like... that that mini game was. <laughs> that, that little that little thing with the arm was compared. You see, to that didn't bug me. It was the music that oh, bugged me because the music was... was. It felt too upbeat and dancey, and like I'm in a music festival compared to what I'm doing. Did it not sound like similar to what the original was? I just can't recall what the original thing was playing no. during that. Yeah, no, it didn't. Because I, I was going through and playing it's it. Far, as were, far as I remember, yeah, you were a bit yeah. ahead of me when we were talking about it because I had only been able to get to like chapter five or six. Yeah, or something. now I yeah. have to catch up. And and when you and you said that, and I remember looking out for like the rest of the game, trying to figure out what moment was he thinking, and even and I was just paying extra attention to the music in certain scenes, and none of it fell off to me. So I wonder if it was just we took the tone differently from him. Because when I think of like Cloud and Aerith palling around. I think of like, yeah, like a dancey song because for Aerith, she's just on a little adventure. She's at home 
run away from bad dudes all the time. Nothing like she's hanging out with her, her best down. friend. Yeah, yeah. like no, she, I wanted something I a little more down tempo, a little more moody because they're running through like some you know some deconstructed <laughs> areas. I didn't want to be. Stuff, yeah. I didn't want to feel like I'm on Molly going to you know eating. Eat, I thought of it know. as like a date. You know, whatever exactly like too, yeah, not a conventional date but like an Aerith and cloud date yeah not really i didn't feel like that way at all <laughs> excuse me I, I, it just didn't it just didn't match to me that's cool yeah no i just i've been thinking about that a lot and i kept forgetting to ask you and I, I knew i wanted to do it this week uh since you got back into it and I, i'd finished the game i mean it's happened a few more times too but i don't remember the exact spots that that other one was just the most noticeable yeah not i know there are scenes memorable in the game so far where, they definitely weren't using the same music that they would have used at that point in the uh, original. Cause like, I mean, Cosmo Canyon, you don't even go to Cosmo Canyon in this one. Yeah. But like that music. And that's a theme that's introduced when you go to that area. And even then, I don't know if I like the Cosmo Canyon remix or, or new version as much as uh, I like the old one. I feel like this new one takes away from what I like the old one did. Yeah, that's fair. I, I that's just something I've been thinking about. Cause yeah, the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, I loved all the songs. I loved all the placement of them. I, I, I didn't have any issue with if with certain tones or anything they were using to get across. But that's cool. I, I, I literally just I kept thinking about. It. I was like, I need to talk to Drew and try to figure out what's which moment it was because it, it'll be something I'm going to look more closely at when I do my second playthrough. But I'll, I'll, I'll remember that the, the fucking arm puzzle and yeah, going down the sector five shortcut. Next, Ethan, this one's for you, buddy. We're getting closer. Oops. Closer and closer. Lance McDonald, a well-known modder in the Bloodborne community, shared footage on Twitter this week of Bloodborne running at 60 frames per second on PlayStation 4. Though his first attempts resulted in the game running at double speed, he has since been able to get the game to run at normal speed at twice its default frame rate. And now by reducing the render resolution of the game to 720p and enabling boost mode on a PlayStation 4 Pro, he's able to get the game to run at a locked 60 frames per second. Uh, Follow-up video showed him accessing a restored renderer debug menu and developer cheat menu. So we'll surely see some more interesting things from coming out of his discoveries. This is fucking cool as hell. You know this takes like all of my boxes. <clears throat> Even though it's not a game I play regularly, I love when Or at all. Otter. I, hey, I have trophies. Or that, yeah. You proud that of I those? Earned. You proud of those? My trophies. I earned them. Yeah. Uh, I love stuff like this where people figure out how to renew, remove these like limitations. And like one of the coolest things I can do with my hacked switch is just this. It's like, oh, there's patches where you can force games to run at 60 FPS and like run at the handheld resolution while docked and like the dream of running Bloodborne at 60 FPS is like that. Like that's like gaming Mecca for a lot of people. Like they, they want a PC port or they're like, I remember when the per- PlayStation four pro first came out, people were like, Oh my God, is, is this going to, is they're going to they patch Bloodborne to run at 60 FPS? Like, Oh, yeah. is it going to get ported to PC and I can finally play it at 60 FPS. And Oh, is the PS five going to get a patch for Bloodborne so I can play it at 60 Probably FPS? Nope. It might not. It might not. But this is cool that he's been able to mod it. Uh, dude, it looks they, great. It runs. Your, it looks great. This is your new reason to buy two PlayStation 5s at launch. One that what? you're going to play and one to keep in the box on the old exploitable firmware for when oh, someone man. hacks it one day so that you can run <laughs> Bloodborne on it and enable this hack. And then you can finally play Bloodborne at 60 on uh, your PlayStation 5. It, it definitely... 
it definitely looks like how this is how the game was meant to be played. Like even in 720, I mean, that's not like 720 doesn't look bad, you know. Looks uh, on Twitter. Video. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> um, just seeing everything so fluid and you know smooth. It's it, it was a treat. Yeah, I mean, it was like the, it was like the time I had you over and you were watching me play Sekiro for a bit because it was running at like ninety FPS or something. And you're like, oh yeah, my God, yeah, it looks just, so smooth. Just, you can just see every like animation in its entirety. Yeah, you're getting all that extra frame detail, like the yeah the animations, and of course, the higher the frame rate, the the smoother your inputs are interpreted, and you can pull off those crazy hitbox moves and stuff a lot better. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's. It's something to look forward to. This is big progress, especially in the modding community. And yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know, man. For Bloodborne to be such a big game for From Software, I would hate for this to become like their next Demon Souls, you know, where it's like they never oh, go back God. to it. Don't it's, even. It's stranded on PS4. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's a lot. There's lots of rumor about Demon Souls remastered. There are, yeah, but I mean, do you really want to wait ten years for? Blue Point to make a de- uh, Bloodborne remaster on PlayStation Six. Like I I, I'd rather just to have them patch it to run at 1080p 60 now. Like, I'd wait till the end of forever for that. Right? I just sometimes like, I, I don't just, want. I don't to. know what's going on at From Software. Sometimes I just like why would why why what are you doing? I I got they're very proud over there of their stuff. Maybe they're, they're a little too proud to the to the point of of faults. Yes, I I agree sometimes. Maybe they need but to honestly, release a bomb so they can go the back same time, after Bloodborne. At the same time, I don't want Bloodborne on PC. <laughs> I know you don't, you greedy fuck. But also, I don't even know if I want Bloodborne 2. Like, it's so it's so perfect. No, it's fair. For, yeah, I, I don't think I'd we're hate getting for, Bloodborne 2. Yeah. I'd hate for it to be tarnished with like, oh yeah, but... Remember how bad Bloodborne 2 was, you know? Yeah, like, yeah that's exactly. Just, it's like an asterisk. Yeah. That said, if uh, in June that uh, that trailer starts to play and all of a sudden Bloodborne 2, oh, you're, are you not going to buy it? You're gonna buy God, I mean, no, of course I'm not going <laughs> to buy it. I'm going to fucking buy it. I'm going to buy, like, that. that's the one. Like You get the, the $250 collector. Yeah, exactly. Like the Elden Ring... The fucking Bloodborne 2, that's the one where I get, like, the, you know, the 16-inch or whatever foot-tall statue and the, the yeah, the huge... I, I get the the PlayStation version of it. They, they have, like, a box. You know, I get a whole other PlayStation. Comes with a wearable hunter's cloak and mask and hat or whatever. Oh, if it was a hat, I would sacrifice something living for it. <laughs> Is that too much? No, that's fair. We hey, we were talking about dead babies in the pre-show, so it's never too much oh, yeah. here. On Asim- oh yeah, oh yeah, quiet as a dead baby. Next, Nintendo will be delaying its typical E3 direct from June until later in the summer due to complications with Japan's work from home order, <laughs> according to Jeff Grubb at Venture Beat. The company was lining up partners and planning to unveil its first party schedule for the rest of 2020. That included highlighting the Mario franchise's 35th anniversary, which is going to celebrate with the release of some classic 3D Mario games on Switch, according to various reports. We talked about that uh, a week or two ago. Uh, Nintendo is not unique in its struggles to adapt to a work-from-home model, though. 
That's especially true in Japan, where a number of companies were not prepared for this kind of shift. And even weeks after Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe enacted a state of emergency, corporations in the country are still trying to catch up. In a story in the Washington Post, reporter Simon Denier, uh, Denier, 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 it's French, explains that many IT departments are in corporate strategies haven't changed in Japan since the 1990s. Companies still regularly use fax to send documents, and they have little awareness of cloud computing or video conferencing tools. But that tech aversion extends beyond the workplace and into people's homes. As Yuri Kageyama writes, Kageyama, Kageyama, uh, many Japanese lack the basic tools needed to work from home. This includes personal computers, but often people don't even have Wi-Fi. Yeah, some... It's true. There, some of the their houses are very minimalistic and sometimes yeah. just because of space. Uh-huh. Uh, the slow embrace of the cloud and other tools, however, is likely less about a fear of technology. Japan places supreme importance on conducting business with face-to-face meetings. Decision makers throughout the Japanese economy believe that they cannot show proper respect without appearing in person. Nintendo is working through how to maintain its culture while also keeping its workers safe, but that's going to take time. The publisher is also just not sure how to produce a high-quality direct outside of a studio. That's something it may figure out, but again, it's not going to rush through that to meet a June time frame for an E3 that doesn't exist. (laughs) Burn. Yeah, so going to have to wait a little longer for that. Nintendo's in a really interesting prospect, too, the closer we get to next gen, because... As in as in, they're almost not even in it? They're just yeah, kind of doing their own thing? <laughs> it's it's really odd, and it's even more weird than the Wii U It's was. almost adorable. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like a little cheeky? If you, you like know, your games like... to be running poorly and not <laughs> keeping up, and, you know, because... They did the same thing with the Wii U, obviously, which kind of was like this weird mid-gen release thing. They got yeah, abandoned so quickly. Garbage fire. And we got the Switch, but the Switch launched in the middle of the generation. So it was already a little old, and now we're about to launch next-gen consoles, and Nintendo has been very firm in saying there's no new Switch model coming next year. There's no new Pro model or anything. They've been saying that a lot. So we're already taking a console that, compared to what we have in our living rooms now, is looking quite old. And now games are going to be made for next-gen hardware. You're getting so many games that are being released now that are are being targeted for release. They're saying, you know, coming to next-gen, PS4 and Xbox One, and PC, and Switch is nowhere to be found. We've had a lot of instances where things that we wouldn't expect to run are ending up on Switch regardless. we got The Witcher 3, Doom, the Wolfenstein games. There's certainly been instances where it's like surprising what the switch has been able to pull off. I can't see that rope getting too much longer though. Like even see cyberpunk on switch. No, because even the stuff (laughs) stuff like the Witcher, stuff like Wolfenstein, stuff like doom barely run. Yeah. It's a miracle that they run. Like what are third parties supposed to do except for basically. Cause I think used to this wasn't as big a deal because we third parties obviously release games on they release games on like the Nintendo DS and the 3DS and stuff like that was the handheld market that's kind of, Switch is always going to be in that weird place where it's a half console half handheld so it's not unreasonable to be like oh well you know they've always released games for the for less powerful hardware they're just different kinds of games but the problem is the Switch 
is too close to the console side than it is the handheld side. That like back in the day, if you were making a PS2 game and then a Game Boy Advance port, you needed like 10, 15 people to work <laughs> on that Game Boy game. Like you didn't expect yeah. much. It's just, oh, it's got the same name, but it's like fucking 2D sprites on a little screen that's like two inches big. And you had limited expectations because it's a Game Boy. Now you're looking at the Switch, and I'm like, okay, well, the game's still got to be HD. Still has to have a certain level of fidelity and artwork and stuff. That means you've got to, you still have a team the size of the team that it takes to make a PS4 game, except that team's working on PS5 stuff now. And I just don't know how they're going to keep up. Drew, I know you probably play your Switch more than anybody. I actually well, I guess maybe not even quite a while. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, what do you guys think? What do you what do you think Nintendo's gambit is here? Are they just going to keep relying on first party titles and or do you think maybe they, that maybe that's their game plan? They're just not they're just not worried about it, and they're just kind of can they live on first party only though? Because that's what killed the Wii U. I don't know. I nobody mean, made games for it. Nintendo did, but then nobody made games for it. And it's like okay, well you've got the hardware out there, but now no one's no one, you aren't bringing new people in. Like Switch fever's going on. Obviously, they're not hurting for hardware sales, but what happens when yeah. the software dries up? No, I think they have to rely on third party because, like, even because we talked about it before on the show, Doom 2016 was such a huge uh, seller for them on uh, on the Switch. And why oh, would yeah. they give up? Why would they give up that revenue? Same with The Witcher Three. Yeah, that was such a that, that's such good press just to kind of like, oh, you thought we could do it, but just... look, it's we did it. <laughs> maybe they'll just keep trying and. Doing what I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like you have to uh, assume they're just gonna steady as she goes. Like I mean, I think even since since the switch has been announced, they've been more and more investing into third party properties because we think about it now. We would have never have gotten Doom or a Mortal Kombat or a Witcher Three ever on a Nintendo property in the past. And now that those have come out and they've become such huge successes, I think Nintendo would be foolish not to invest further into those ventures. Well, I would I would counter that to say that we got those things in the past. They just weren't equivalent to the console versions. Like you had Mortal Kombat on the Game Boy Advance. It was just Mortal Kombat on the Game Boy Advance. Right. Mortal Kombat Advance. The one you're playing on the Xbox yeah, you, or the you were PS2. Getting the, you were getting the inferior version, but now that we yeah. have these better versions or what – did what they were originally intended to release. So yeah, again, I will stand by it. Nintendo would be foolish not to continue doing what they're doing. Yeah, but I mean, that becomes so much harder when, like, this year, sure, cross everything's cross-gen, and they can run on PS4, they can probably get it to run on Switch. Next year, uh, getting a little wobbly. 2022, when everything, like, PS2 or PS5 and Xbox Series X are the baseline, yeah, they're gonna how to- do you get that game to run on Switch? And of course, it's not like they hadn't said no new Switch in 2022, but these new consoles are beefy, like super beefy. I don't think people really understand yet how strong these machines are. And I almost wonder if we see something like Super Nintendo, pun intended, uh, a Switch U. Well, not even a Switch U, but where they, they keep the name Switch and then they make a Switch that only is docked because they need it's their new console. Just like how the Switch Lite isn't a Switch at all because there's no Switch. 
it's just a portable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and doesn't then, work with the whole the click thing. Yeah, what if the Switch Pro, <laughs> for lack of a better word, becomes like a docked only Switch that because it has to be plugged into something because that's it the power profile be more it powerful. has to hit. Yeah, because I mean, I just don't know how do you keep how do you keep up with these next gen consoles that are the juggernauts that they are, and then keep a, keep your platform portable. Like I said, I think I think they're just not. They just don't care that much. But they I don't know. I, I know. Party. I know. It's not like it, it, you can't explain it that simply because there's yeah. obviously so much more at, in, in the works there. But I, it just from all sense of purposes, from their decisions and their moves, they're just kind of rowing their own boat. Yeah, I don't but know. I mean, I know like, how like dumb that sounds. As an but. example, like right now, like even in current gen. EA basically doesn't make Switch games. They just don't. Like, they are not worried about porting, you know, their next big title, their next Battlefield or whatever, onto the Switch. They just don't. There's a couple of titles that are, like, small ones that are running on, like, last-gen engines and stuff. I think, like, <laughs> like FIFA, they, like, have made it to Switch. But for the most part, they're not even worried about putting their stuff on there. But at the same time, they're like, oh, yeah, we signed, like, I think one of the big deals... I didn't even put the news in here because we just don't care. But like they signed a deal with uh, Stadia and Google where they're going mm-hmm. to start putting their EA games onto Stadia, which a lot of people were like, well, why would you put it on a dying horse like Stadia, but you won't release games on Switch? And I think it's because from they're looking at their books and thinking, we don't have, we can't make another team to be making these yearly franchises to make the dumber down version on the Switch. The same way that they could have with a Game Boy, because again, a Game Boy game you make it with twenty five people. It's not that many, it's not that hard. You can make it in six eight months or something. But to do that same development time where you're making a game for two three years or whatever, and put it on a Switch, they basically just said, "We're looking at the numbers. It's not worth it for us." What happens when we all move to next gen, and Ubisoft makes that same decision, or <laughs> Warner Brothers makes that same decision, or Bethesda makes that same like? No third party support killed the Wii U, and they, and I think also its name killed the the people that thought it was like an add on for the Wii. But I don't know if the Switch can get away with that because, again, the hardware sold at least, so like the consoles are out there. But if your software stops selling, then Nintendo stops making money on those sales, and I do think that they're just going to have to suck it up and like increase the power profile on this thing somehow by. But I just don't know how they pull that off. Like I don't. It's too many things where it's like, it's like every possible move they have to make. It's like they're giving up something that makes them Nintendo. But they just have to. They're gonna. I think they have to have third party support. But they're only able to able to do that if we get a Switch Pro. Again, I mean, like you just have to look at the Wii U, and be like what I mean, everyone abandoned that thing, and they literally. What did they do? They had to make a new product to replace it, which was the switch. Like it just, they had to do that. They had to change it up and make a new thing because they shot their shot first party only. And they missed. I mean, we thought Nintendo was going to go away for a little while there. That's how bad that situation was. We were like, Sony's going to buy them or Microsoft's going to buy Nintendo. But I don't know. It's uh next gen's crazy guys. That's uh that's the summary of what I have to say about that. Sorry, I feel like I was rambling for a minute. Everyone got quiet. <laughs> Next up, our final piece of news. Ethan, mm-hmm. 
Star Wars Battlefront Two is officially a dead game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she had a, she had a good run. <laughs> Content updates are finally winding down for Battlefront Two with the Battle on Scarif update released on April 29th, being the game's last. General support for the game will continue, including server maintenance, in-game challenges, etc., for the foreseeable future. This follows news that June 5th's Battlefield Five will also be the final update for that title. Overall, having received much less favor with players who would hope to see the game in better shape before it was put out to pasture. With these two games finalized, it makes sense that the teams at DICE would be full speed ahead on their next project, which EA confirmed would be a new Battlefield title releasing in 2021. Rumors have long said that the next Battlefield will survive the Bad Company subseries, but there's currently no confirmation on what the game will entail. So, no more Battlefront 2, no more Battlefield 5. We're on to the next one. Dope. Uh, About time. We'll see. Congrats. I have so little faith in dice these days. It'd be cool to see a bad company revival, but like after five and their God awful firestorm battle Royale mode that came out like six months late and then <laughs> was only supported for like three. And you remember that whole multiplayer game mode. They just outright canceled where they had like that six V six mode that they said it was coming. And then they were just like, never mind. <laughs> like we just not doing no, I don't that. Remember that at all? I think we talked about it on the podcast. Maybe not. I wouldn't expect you guys to remember because none of us played Battlefield Five. I think I played like yeah. the EA Access campaign, like the first couple of campaign missions or something. But yeah, just a complete miscarriage of this series. <laughs> I think is just the only way to describe it. They have not handled themselves well. Almost just wish EA would just let them make a Battlefront Three. Or just any Star Wars game. When are we going to get another Star Wars game after uh, Fallen Order? I don't know. I, would you want a Battlefront 3? Because the last two Battlefronts have uh, followed pretty heavily behind the movies. Battlefront 3 would mean I have to make some original content. And, you know, the original content that they made for Battlefront 2 wasn't great. I mean, if they gave it the time and appreciation that they give to Battlefield, I think they could do well. The Battlefield 2 story kind of sucked. But, I mean, sorry, the Battlefront 2 story kind of sucked. But I don't think they could make, couldn't make a good one. They could do it if they really wanted to. Mm. Plus, I don't mind if it's something different and some of the more original. Give me some, like, uh, Old Republic maps or whatever. Or, hell, just do, like, a... What was that Harry Potter game where they just finally were like, hey, it's all... It's, like, movies one through seven all in one game. I was like, give me one of those. Give me, like, a big retrospective battlefront three that's like everything from the prequels to the but what they were, that wouldn't they be were doing that three that would be they did Star that Wars in two what are you talking what i mean about? is i want like that story campaign oh okay, i don't want the, like i don't necessarily want the original campaign i will do like the dragon ball z kakarot campaign where it's like wars. i already know all this and so just give me yeah that give me the prequel I mean, yeah, and everything is the Star Wars game. yeah i'd play that i thought you're talking about like the multiplayer i'm sorry yeah that would that would be cool no, no, because yeah, I miss like the big battles and stuff they had, yeah. like the, like the the old battlefield or battlefront two, the old one, yeah, not the new one, the old one. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what those dice guys are doing. They had a lot of money, they got a lot of graphics tech. I don't know why they keep making bad games. It's not bad. They fixed it. Not battlefield five. They didn't. Oh no, you're right. I am right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Guys, that's all the news I got for us this week. Had a lot more going on this week than last. Yep. The calm before the storm. 
twice as long this one. I know. Yeah. So you get a podcast and a half. It's uh, a chunky. And then let's see, May 7th. I think that's our next recording day, actually. And the But the event happens in the morning. So we're also going to be able to talk. I'm so excited. We got so many new games to talk about next week. <laughs> well, guys, how y'all feeling about good. the episode? Everybody good? good? Feel like you got to air all yeah. your grievances? Yeah. Yep. We're all hyped up on Xbox Series X. PlayStation 5 is dead. Dead in the water. No. Get out of here. Nothing new coming from them. Never going to die. Sony's basically done making games. We're just going to get Uncharted movies forever. <laughs> Alright, guys. This has been episode 48 of the Astrobody Podcast. I've been one of your hosts, Travis Stockton, at Ray Charizard. With me, as always, on the slippery side of the internet is Andrew Crandall. Hey. At Andrew Loves Video Games. Andrew, you sound tired. Yeah, I'm a little tired. It's a long podcast. Yeah. And on the other side of the slippery internet, on the darker side, is Ethan Newbolt. I got a computer. At Soulsbjorn. Head on over to AppsonMyPodcast.com if you enjoyed the show so that you can find all of the latest episodes of our main show as well as our side series, AppsonMyNet <laughs> Watches, where this week at two on Tuesday at 10 a.m., we will be talking all about Far Cry, the next hot primal joint. No, even worse than Primal. It's going to be the Far Cry <laughs> movie. Uh, while you're over there, you can leave us a voice message with a question, comment, or topic of discussion that we might play on the air, or to donate $1, $5, or $10 via the Listener Support Program. Or if you don't want your voice recorded, you can write into us at questions at absentmindedpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and like, subscribe, and share the show on your podcast, podcast platform of choice. Leaving reviews on iTunes is incredibly helpful in getting us into the ears of more people. That's all I got for you guys. I appreciate you being with, with me here today. I'm excited to talk about next gen for the rest of the year until we finally have the hardware in our hands. And then we take like a Haven't we already break. been talking about next gen all year? Yeah, now. but it's getting it's it's like a big pendulum, right? It's Where the year got, of the console release. You, like that's way more away from the left side which is the speculation over to the oh my god I know it's coming and now I'm just waiting for it to come outside to where eventually it crashes and we have until we see what the other guy's got in his hand we ain't seen nothing we're still waiting on PlayStation we ain't seen nothing yet well alright everyone take care be safe stay home where you can it's a good title name we ain't seen nothing we ain't seen nothing yet wear masks if you can I know you can. You got an old shirt you don't wear anymore. Cut that motherfucker Wash your up. hands. Tie it around your head. Yeah, wash your hands. Uh, stay safe. Talk to you later. Goodbye, everyone.